When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey guys, welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers. You know, you know why you're here. You've been listening before, or if this is your first time, welcome aboard. My name is Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. With me is Mareko Momasi, bladesmith at Momasi Fire Arts, and El Presidente, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, and the Generalissimo of the Makery Network. How are, how are, how's everybody? All good. All okay. good. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it doesn't seem like a week since we last spoke. It seems like about two or three days. Oh, why? Because nothing's happened in the world? <laughs> the world's on fire. The shit, but, house. Uh, <laughs> the shit house is like what we, we, we've forgotten about. What a shit house every week is. Uh, God. <laughs> we're, so if this was a daily po- if, we, if this is a daily podcast and we were just talking about what's going on in the world, we would have tons of content. Yeah, <laughs> where we don't have any knife news, we've got <laughs> yeah. world news every day. Yeah, world news talk. How dare yeah. you? Uh, so, Jeff, what's been going on? Ugh, it's been crazy. I, I actually, I saw one little tip. You know, we talk about on uh, once in a while, Mareko talks about, especially for young knife makers, to using push sticks when you're grinding. Hmm. I started to do this. Uh, I tried something with a push stick. I love the push stick because it holds you. You know, you don't have to have your thumb on the knife. And then Can I just you... make sure you didn't say, I love to push dick? <laughs> no, I... You didn't say <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> okay. Listen to me, man. This is Sunday morning. I had dare We're you start right 30 in. seconds in. I just need to make sure. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Fine. Okay. You, you okay. know, you think you can rattle me, but you can't. So <laughs> when I'm pushing dick, and I, I have the push dick, push dick in my hand. God damn it. This is fucking starting off. Your, your, your life is way. never going to be the same. Now you figure God, that way. <laughs> this tip sucks. So, um, <laughs> the guy, you little bastard, you, you, you. So you, you, what, I don't even know what to fucking say now. So the whole idea of the push stick is the push stick is that you're holding that you're holding something against the knife against your belt. Hmm. But what happens is if you're standing parallel to your platen, it become, you have to kind of like squeeze your arm tight to your body. So you're pushing the, pushing the stick. God damn you. You're pushing the stick into the knife, which is pushing to the belt. So what I did was I cut a 45 degree angle on my push stick. And then what happens is, is I have, and then, and then I sanded the end of the push stick, push stick, and I actually buffed it to make it super shiny. Mm. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, you can't make this shit up. You, you've thrown a fucking whole. <laughs> Buffing jokes already. I mean, you've fucking thrown the whole thing out of whack on a Monday. 
So what happens is, is now all of a sudden, because it's at an angle, if you're putting the flat of the push stick against the knife and the belt, your arms aren't completely tucked. You're, you know, your the put your push stick arm isn't tucked in your hand. So hmm. you're actually using your thumb to push the flat of the push stick into the knife. So I started doing that and I got awesome results and I was feeling very comfortable. So I've been grinding a pile of these sandwich knives and um, I had a little bit of a snag and later in the week and I'm in good shape. Um, hopefully going to be hand sanding by the end of this week, all 56 of them. And, and then I uh, jumped ugly with a, a cashier at my friend's deli. That was pleasant. Oh, geez. Oh. Well, Look, they're smart. They close for this deli. The, the owner's a friend, and they don't watch what everybody does all the time. But what they started to do is they started to make pre-made breakfast sandwiches, and they put them in a tray, so you just grab it. So mm. I grab one, and I, you know, I don't want people touching everything all the time. And in my mind, they've made these and, and gloves and put them in the steam tray, and I grab one, and I grab a coffee, and I put it on the counter. And then the cashier, with his ungloved hand, picked it up, and I'm just like, why did you have to? And, and then now I'm so antisocial that I have no ability. To, I should have just, you know, said I'm throwing in the garbage. But I, I said, why did you have to pick it up? And then it was like taking the record needle off. You know, scr- you know everything mm. stops. And they're like, excuse me? And I'm like, I just, I went to get that because I could have less people touching my food. I've been quarantining and being a maniac for six months and only to be... Only to be given, you know, uh, carelessness by a guy with his nose hanging out of his mask. And so he goes, so the woman next to him says, well, do you want me to change the foil? I'm like, no, I want you to fucking change the whole thing. I said, forget it. And I just paid it. And then I gave him the money and I was like, I like sulked out the door. And I threw the fucking sandwich in the garbage. And I was just like. I thought you were going to say you ate it then. I'll be honest with you. I would have. Yeah. Well, uh, it was just, I, it gets to the point where it's like, it's like, I mean, we've just been, I, I, I just, it's, it's enough already. Hmm. Yeah, we we got to get past all this shit and we, everyone's got to use their heads. And in restaurants in general, you're not, you should, the cashier shouldn't be, you know, touching their push stick and then giving, taking the cash and buying the food anyway, <laughs> yeah. you know? So now that's the whole thing. Now the push stick is penis. Okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so that was We're that. finding... We're finding over here now a lot of places just not accepting cash at all. It's just all contactless card payments yeah. everywhere, even the small local shops, you know? Well, I, you know, the, the funny thing is, is I wasn't even trying to be difficult. It was just like a, ugh, I just wanted to eat this goddamn thing. And, hmm. you know, it's enough already. Yeah. Mareko, did you find any chanterelles this past uh, week? No, I didn't. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to get out. Um Yet, but I will say that I did finish up that Ready for the Hallelujah, the stainless steel Let chef's knife. It. Let me find it. No, it's been so long. I haven't got it anymore, I'm afraid. <laughs> he got rid of it because he was so long ago. So Jesus Christ, what a... What a what... Uh, yeah, so what an epic. So, yeah, the stainless steel chef's knife is done. The customer is coming to pick it up actually this afternoon. Um, there you go. Yeah, I already started forging on some new steel for the next order. Um, trying, I made a list. My, my brain doesn't work very well in the morning. Uh, so uh, I started reaching out, actually, to makers who are going to be in the calendar. And the first person to get back to me is actually uh, Ellard Blacksmithing from Tasmania. He's got this awesome uh, chef's knife 
that he posted a while back that he had professionally photographed. I can't wait to get that in there. Um, a small note of news, the Maker Camp, uh, that's coming up uh, this, is that this? No, it's not this weekend. It's the following weekend. Oh, wait, today is the first weekend. Yes, it's next, this coming weekend, <laughs> as this is airing on dates. Monday. Yes, the, the uh, dates, because this is... I can't remember what dates. It's the tenth, and, the tenth <laughs> right, and whatever. Talking, I'll get you the dates. I'll get you the weekend. dates. It's ninth and tenth. There right? you go. Ninth and tenth, or or the tenth yeah. and eleventh. I can't remember. <laughs> doing them a great <laughs> service up. right now. Yeah. It's yeah, coming up awesome. this weekend. Anyways, they're doing uh, a bunch of maker or Instagram takeovers. So everybody who's taking over is doing kind of a demo as they would have at the maker camp. So make sure to tune into that. They also on their Instagram. Uh, they have the schedule for the two days, um, and you got all kinds of people in there doing s- cool stuff. Um, and other than that, uh, I went well, shopping. Yes, I went shopping just, yesterday. Oh, what's that? Sorry, I was just going to mention on the maker, uh, the maker camp. Uh, on the full blast podcast, I'm going to have John and Cliff on, and we're going to do a wrap up. And I figured, mm. you know, the live stream is like we can't. None of us can make it because we've all changed our schedules around. Yeah, but I figured we could do a podcast and talk about. It. Austin and Jimmy and all the fun times we had and we'll tell some funny stories and we'll try to dedicate it to the fact that it wasn't there so you'll have something to take around with you no cool yeah other than that uh, I did go shopping yesterday and god damn it I I don't understand how this is this is a small beef not about driving on the streets but driving (laughs) in the grocery store um, in the grocery store. Yeah. Well, well I mean, pushing right through the carts, doors, huh? Pushing trolleys through the grocery store. You know, especially if you're like Costco, there's like a couple main thoroughfares and then lots of little aisles that join up to that. People come blasting out of those end of the aisles like they're the only idiots in the goddamn store. <laughs> and I don't know how many times I almost hit people every time I go in there. It drives me nuts. And it, it's not just Costco, it's like any grocery store. It's like all of a sudden you get in there and you forget how to conduct yourself as a person behind a, a quote-unquote vehicle and you're just smashing around. You're talking about a shopping cart, right? Yes, shopping carts. It's not shop- a vehicle. What's well, the, well, so what's, it's, it's, you it's, say not a vehicle. No. But I, I could well be this person that he's talking about. So, <laughs> Probably. so when we go shopping, yeah. <laughs> my wife is generally picking the stuff out and throwing it into the cart and, and I've got the... The, the kids in a cart and I'm like running down the aisles and lifting our feet up and skidding around corners making the noises it's probably me <laughs> oh, do you really well, do that it's the best thing about shopping yeah uh, definitely it's the best thing about shopping he's like the best thing Tom Cruise like... and Whiskey Business with his two kids in the buggy <laughs> it's hilarious so what thing. what should be I mean how do you feel, here's a question for you Marek how do you feel about people when they do like what I like to do is I'll find a space like I'll park the cart buy like something that nobody buys and yeah. then i'll do like sorties hey i'll put my shit next to like who knows you know i, I pick out whatever nobody buys and then i'll run around do sorties and come back yeah there's no it's not in the way if especially if nobody's really walking but i do that I, like uh at costco if i'm jumping into the produce or the, the the dairy coolers um i actually instead of taking the cart in there i'll park it next to something that base there's no foot traffic by i'll run in and grab my whatever my one thing of half and half and a thing of eggs and i'll come back out instead do you of, grumble at people uh i'm just <laughs> you i never I, say anything no i don't i don't say anything but 
I'm seething like probably the whole fucking time. <laughs> or what's even better is the person that's right in front of you. And again, they, they're walking around like they're the only person in the damn store. And they just completely stop. And I almost smash right into the back of them. Because they all of a sudden decide they see something out in the clothes that they want to go check out. And then they're waiting for traffic to take a left. And it's just... I, it's it doesn't under I don't make it doesn't make sense because if you if you're driving a car and you're on on a side street and you come up to the main road you don't just blast out into the road especially if the but that's because there are stop signs or there are stop lights but in a grocery store it's like people all of a sudden just drive like fucking morons anyways you don't you just don't like humans in motion mostly <laughs> humans I mean, in motion they're just you very just don't like inconsiderate humans in people are people are inconsiderate. <laughs> yeah. They're are, they're not conscious of anybody else around them for the most part. They're do you think so that's because you, do you think that's because you're in a business where you're alone by yourself a lot and you don't have a lot of interaction and so you lose patience much quicker? Maybe you're doing that thing again, aren't you? Would you stop fucking <laughs> ruining my goddamn bit? Jesus Christ! You're the derailer. That's what you're. You plonk. Shopping carts. <laughs> that's your that's your plinkety plonk name. What's that fucking game you play? Plinkety plonk. The fucking derailer. That's what it should the be because you've derailed the fucking push stick story, and now I had a good thing going, and you derailed that too. <laughs> fucking derailer. Uh, <laughs> that would be a good patonk name. But correct. Yeah, patinky tonk. Have you been playing patonk lately? I to be honest, I didn't last week. I missed last week only mm. because it was raining, and I'm a I'm a fair fair weather patonka. Yeah, I bet. I can't I can't be going uh, out in the rain. Puts his no push way. stick in his hand and takes his fucking balls with him. <laughs> Getting off to a good start. Spicy. It is already. Wow. How are, how are you doing, derailer? What's going on with you? I'm good. I'm I'm really happy. I'm really good. I've basically been lasering everything this week so the <laughs> the laser saga actually come to a, come to an end on monday when it when it arrived um and i'm just super thrilled with it so i had all these little jobs waiting for the laser so i could just plow through loads immediately um just really happy with the results lots of tweaking that kind of thing i actually put up a, a video on youtube showing showing how it works and so on but um it's brilliant. I, I love it. And it's changed the way that I'll be working on, on a few different projects. Um, so that it's used extensively in the Camp Knife, which is being launched Monday, which is today, which is today. If you're hearing today at 3 p.m. French time, um, they'll be available, only 50 available. Um, but they rely heavily on the on the laser because they've got this texturing um, across I suppose the the blade face, but it's got like a scandy grind then which takes the texturing away. So you're left with like the spine or the top of the the top of the bevel, I suppose, with these with these crazy patterns. Yeah. Um, They're super and it, cool. It's, it's something, yeah, it's something unique. I, I think I think it's really cool. So and it actually gives a texture, and it, it's almost like a forced patina as well, because really what it's doing, it's it's corroding that that material. So it's it's, it's creating that patina. So it's. Yeah, it's it's better than I thought it was going to be, and I can see so many uses for it already. Looks so good. Yeah, it's really cool, and um, I've I've tried doing things on like on G10 and on Kydex as well to give it some sort of checker in mm -hmm. patterns and all that kind of thing. It's 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 just really flexible, really flexible. But I I am going to change the way that I'm working a bit. So f for example, these camp knives, um, what I did, I lasered the like their profile, the uh, the blanks. There's no bevels at all. I lasered the whole thing, and then I grind in the bevels. 
Um, but what I'm then finding is if I'm using like a softer belt and what I'd normally like to use is like a scotch brake on the be- on the bevels at the end if I'm not going to be hand sanding. Oh, I know what you're going to say. That can then sort of, that crisp line you've got, that can sort of blend that in a bit and it doesn't look so good. Um, but what I found with a laser, because it's a fibre laser, it won't mark wood in any way or, or certain materials. It just won't mark. Hmm. Um, so what I'm going to be doing going forward is... Hand sanding all flats, doing the bevels, um, and then masking off the bevels to then do the laser at the very end. So you get this really crisp, crisp bevel, and you know where, where the where the laser in finishes will be exactly on the bevel line. Because those so, little, so I'm imagining those little pubes on on your Scotch Brite belt are what's kind of like licking the. Back. Exactly, yeah, and it it just sort of softens that edge a bit. Does right. you get you don't get this crisp line? So I was thinking, you know, how could I go about doing this? And the fact that it won't mark wood or certain tapes, I can I can do the bevels, hand sand them if I want, or scotch brush, do whatever I need to do. But then just mask off the bit that I don't want lasered, laser the whole thing, and I'm good to go. Hmm. Cool. So so it's really cool. So yeah, fifty of these knives will be available from well three p.m. French time today. Um, and I'm already working on on the next batch. So uh, last week I talked about the box cutters. Um, they I only had like a dozen of them, and they and they sold like immediately. So I think these are going to be oh, become a permanent thing. So I've ordered some pack, special packaging for these as well now to become a sort of permanent line. So it's just been really good, and I've had so much time in the workshop this week. So. My my wife has been working on two contracts for, for so long now, and one finished just just the week before last. So I've had much more. I've had sort of six or seven hours in the shop each day, which is unheard of. I haven't had that for months and months and months. Um, and I'll be honest with you, when I wasn't getting the shop time, I was finding my. I wouldn't say getting depressed, but I was certainly sort of losing my mojo a bit. And I, you know, I was I was just always tired. I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling any sort of vigor, you know, and. Um, so I've had this extra time in the shop this week, and I've got so much more energy. I've got so much done. Um, I just feel so much brighter for it. It's yeah, it's incredible how much yeah, how much it's it's doing me good having more time in the, in the, in the workshop. So that leads me on to a question for this week. So it's a hot topic, if you like. Um, but just before that, let's let's just hear from a sponsor. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! To the chopper. And my even heat has been blasting virtually like 12 hours a day for the last two weeks to get a bunch of these knives done. It hasn't let me down. But back to the question. So the fact that I've been working so much harder and for longer hours than I'm used to but I'm finding myself with more energy and I'm far happier. I was wondering if you two guys woke up tomorrow morning and you found 20, 50 million sitting in the bank account, what do you do going forward? Do you take your foot off the brake or do you, do you double down? What, what, what do you do? Hmm. 20 million. Or oh, 20, 50. 20, well, let's say 30 million is in oh. the bank tomorrow morning. Just took some, you just Are you took still going to work? Away. Are you still going to work, or are you sipping margaritas on a beach for the rest of your life? What you know? How do you see the rest of your life going forward? What do you let's think? start. Let's start with Morocco. What, what What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think the first thing uh, my wife and I would probably do is pay off any debts we have. I think she still mm. had some student loans, um, so that would be the first thing. Uh, I probably still would be 
going back in the shop. Um, whether or not I'd be making custom orders, though, for customers, uh, that would be a different question. <laughs> I would probably be yeah. doing a little bit more of my own thing or some of this kind of like the exploratory stuff that I've been wanting to do more of lately. Um, and I would, what else? Oh, man, I would definitely get a power hammer. Probably get something around 100 pounds. Probably buy another grinder. Try to find a rolling mill. I, 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 I mean, I would probably get back in the shop. Yeah, I, I mean, I think mm. eventually I would. Right now, I don't think traveling's really in the cards for me, um, just yeah. because of everything going on. Um, but eventually, yeah, once everything, <laughs> it was a little bit safer for the whole family to be able to travel. Uh, we'd hit the road and probably go try to go visit Neil over in Hawaii or. Or Fingal's got a standing standing invitation to go over and do some work with him and cook some pizzas. Try to get a, try to get the band together. That'd be fun. He's a pinup. He's a front page of magazines I these days. That. Congratulations, Sexy. Fingal. Oh, first. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that that age old question of would you keep working or would you not? I, I think, like realistically, I would keep working. You know, out of all the different things that I've done in my life, knife making has been it's it's the only thing I could say that I'm, I was actually great at, and and mm. that I feel like is kind of my quote unquote my calling. Um, and so yeah, I would just continue to per, uh, be pursuing that. Uh, in, but just kind of in my own way, instead of having to uh, kind of be more beholden to custom custom orders right now. Yeah. So so keep doing what you're doing, but without the pressure, I suppose. Absolutely. Just keep doing what you Holy enjoy. Smokes. Right. Be awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? You wake up and there's there's all this money sitting there. Well, obviously, uh, we I my my wife would want us to move, so we would definitely move. That would that's number one. And then the next thing would where, be where are you going. It doesn't matter. It's just a different house. We're sick of our house. We're si- totally right. sick of it. I, maybe I'll move to France and buy like a chalet or chateau. <laughs> chalet. Fuck. Mom bought a chalet. Really push the boat out and buy yeah. a chalet. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going to start a knife business with lasers, and then I'm going to eat. I'm, I'm going to. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you a gift certificate to Pork Pie Weekly, and I'm going to make sure. <laughs> I'm going to have you going to have a. You're going to have a pork pie with a bow wrapped around it. Every Sunday morning, with a Pork note saying "fuck this podcast," I got twenty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Eat this pork, choke down this pork pie, push it, uh, and then uh, I actually probably make sculpture again. I got. I, th- I right. think if money wasn't, if if all of a sudden money wasn't an object, uh, an, op- an object, then I would go tell all those pimps in the art world I'm back, and I don't need to sell my ass to you. You know, I got some sculpture mm-hmm. in my. I got some sculpture I really want to work on. And I would uh, probably do that. And then I know what I would do. I would start a grant. I would start mm. a grant for makers. Uh-huh. And what I would do would be very, very, it would be based on merit, but then I would do an interview. And then I'd want to talk to these people and find out what they're doing and help them and give them opportunities for grant money so they could make what they want. And then I would buy a big red reject stamp. And then the oh, ones... <laughs> And then the ones that I win, I'm going to fucking stamp it with reject, send it back to them without any cover letter or anything, and then I'm going to go back for another interview in two weeks to see how they feel about it, and then I'll give them the money. So it'll be a very cruel grant. It'll be a cruel grant. The reject ones will end up getting the money, but I want an exit interview to to see how it makes them feel. 
And then, and nobody, then I'll give nobody the would show up for this exit interview. Oh, the money's there. Them. Yeah, but the, yeah, but then they, you know, then they don't get the money. It's like that uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory shit. You know, it's like <laughs> I want to know. I, you got to have a psychological profile, and then I got to push you into awful trauma. I got to lift your spirits, break you down, and bring you back up. In the glass elevator. Damn yeah. right. I'm gonna fuck you Oof. up in that elevator. <laughs> and I'm gonna give you the money at the end. It's all good. They're gonna be pissed, but you know, for like a week or two. And then I'll, you know, it'll be some, like uh, Ed McMahon coming to your door with the, with the check from Publishers Clearinghouse. So, okay, then let's, let's sort of double down on that question. So you've said what you would want to be doing. So, okay, you haven't got the money. You haven't got the 20 million in the bank. What are you doing to get yourself to that position anyway? Is there uh, anything that you, you, you could be doing or that you uh, are doing? To old, see us to... Whoopsie. You give us the old... <laughs> he pulled the oh. rug out. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look for a guy with a with a fucking rejection grant. I'm gonna find that motherfucker and say, "Hey, I'm ready to win." Get that. That's funny. I, I think for myself, so, I think it, it's just keeping working through this this backlog of orders so that I've, I eventually can get to that point where I'm out from underneath all my custom orders. And I can start doing some more of the, uh, the, the, the kind of like the free form, more, uh, exploratory hmm. stuff that I want to do anyways, get there. Um, I also have tons of knives just laying around, so I'd probably <laughs> just work on getting those finished up and putting those up and available too. So that's hmm. less stressful. So is that what you do? Is, is that the dream then to just work on your own stuff, like non-commissions and when that's finished, then put that up for sale? Yeah. Then, you know, ideally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the dream for a lot of people. Um, yeah. It's just a, because it, it, you know, the craft doing this work is kind of a per, your own personal expression in a way, especially when it comes mm -hmm. to like forging and creating the different patterns for myself. Um, and so, and, and, and then when it comes to making the knife, you know, the biggest thing that slows me down is just all this, the, all the different specifics and details about, uh, the build and so if i don't have to worry about the specific length or heel height or what kind of grind or what kind of pattern or any of that thing any of that kind of stuff i mean part of the reason i have so many blades laying around is because of exactly those issues and most of the mm -hmm. most of it is just the pattern just didn't work out for that particular order but they're still great knives they're just set aside so it would give me a chance to, to not, I think, work through those. I think you're wasting your time with this Damascus stuff. I think you should get yourself a laser and do this la laser Ascus, I call it. Laser Ascus. <laughs> you're an Ascus. There's, there's 50,000 people ready to throw their, throw their hi-fi or their, their speakers at the wall at the moment. No. It's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. It's a joke. I will say those patterns look really cool, though. One of them really inspired me to start thinking about a different pat uh, Damascus idea. Really? Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask for 5%. Get ready. Which is which one is that? Is that the, <laughs> the, the the leaf one? Yeah, the leaf one was pretty cool. Yeah, like that's that my one. favorite one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I know how to get to that dream. I know the answer, and I know the answer for a lot of people. And a part mm. of it is, you have to. What I do already is, I luckily I have a I have a business partner who's not afraid to tell me how it is, and we have you know almost twice a week meetings where he refocuses me. Because if I just do the same thing every single goddamn day, um, we'll never get it forward. He understands what's working, what's not working, and then he, we're going to hmm. pu push forward. The problem with working by yourself is you think if I just keep going, um, you're going to 
magically change, but you have to have someone who's going to tell you, this isn't working, this is what will work. And, you know, a business mind that's going to kind of like, because otherwise you're just going to be five years down in the same spot. You know, I, I think mm. the ch change is, is, is to get to your goal. You got, you can't just like, you know, hope that shit's going to, you know, ha happen. You have to like have a real game plan in, with, uh, with people who actually know that, yeah, this is working and this isn't working. If you want to fool around for the next 10 years doing the same thing and be in the same spot you were last week and go ahead. But if you want to get to the $20 million, you got to have to, you're going to have to have some, you know, real conversations with yourself or someone else. And maybe you might have to be a little bit more uh, open-minded. That's hmm. what I think. That's what we're yeah. doing. I, Tony tells me, stop it with this or stop it with that. I'm like, oh, you're right. You know? Hmm. But my, my goal isn't to get to that $20 million. My, well, you already I have mean, $20 million, right? <laughs> as if. As <laughs> I if. like that cough. But, uh, but listening, listening to, um, funny enough, your podcast this week, The Full Blast, where you had um, Alex Pole on, and they said they've got this rule. I think it's like 75% rule. If you don't love something... 75% you don't do it so even if it's bringing in the money you don't do it and I think that's my ultimate goal to be able to do stuff not for the money but because I want to be doing it so mm. generally for me that means I'm learning something whilst doing it you know um, that that's my ultimate goal it's not like financial it's more of a case of I, I, I say not financial because you do it you I suppose is financial because you need that stability to be able to work on things that, that make you happy, not necessarily bring in the money. But, but yeah, but that's the goal, I suppose, that that financial stability where I don't have to be working on something that I'm not particularly keen on or something that I've done 2,000 times before. You know, I want to do something new and learn each time. But sometimes you need someone to tell you that and you also need to break a cycle. Like mm. there are certain cycles that you need to break. You know, yeah. and and you have to be able to say, instead of saying giving a reason why you shouldn't break the cycle, you should say you're right, and this is the plan, and this is what we're gonna do. You know, hmm. it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to. It's hard. Number one, it's hard to tell yourself we need to change things. We need to do something hmm. different. It's hard to you know not be focused on. All right, well, this is what we do every Christmas. Leading up to Christmas, we focus on Christmas. There's a lot of that, and you have no choice because you got to pay the bills. But at the same time, hmm. in order to kind of go forward. You just can't do the same thing over and over again and hope that things just get better. Doesn't work. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What do you, What do you think? If I were to sit down with you and Tony, what do you think you guys would tell me to do? Uh, right now. Yeah. I would oh, tell I you you need to. Need I, I I tell you what. I tell I tell you what. Okay. What I would tell you is you need fresh eyes. You need okay. fresh eyes and fresh business eyes. And I think that I would focus on. Um, it being more of a business and less of a passion. I think that, um, unfortunately, some of the rules in regards to the way, you know, we look at what we're doing is, is these artisans. But if you have to pay bills, you have to be a business person. So I think that, um, I think that if you had a partner um, who would give you the truth, or not even a partner, make a mentor, who could give you the truth and get you out of these you know, whatever ruts you're in, I think you would be off better. I mean, that's what happened to me. And you got to just, you got to, you got to relinquish a little bit of the control because, mm. you know, I, th I think that, I think that it's important to have someone who's invested in you. And part of that investment needs to be honest and serious and also, you know, allow them to do what they do best, which is, you know, if someone's in a business, 
Like here, perfect example, Tim Music. Tim Music is the, the CEO of, of, of JB Prince. You know him, I know him. We, yeah. He's a, he, one of the okay. smartest guys in, in, in the restaurant industry. And when he, he started, this guy actually started the tweezer craze in the, in the cooking world. He's a young guy, our age. And he is a numbers guy. And he says the biggest problem with um, knife makers is they play around. They're, they're not interested in business. And, and, and they're interested in this, you know, hoping that someone pulls them out of obscurity and then, and then, then what do you do with it? And, you know, he said to me at one point, he says, knife makers, if, I, if they asked me for my opinion, a lot of them would be very disappointed with what I'm going to say. And that's the big thing. It's, it's how, do you, how do you go from being an artisan to being a business person? But I mean, you know, uh -huh. I mean, you, here's the great thing about you, especially, Marika. You've, you have everything. You have, you have the golden egg. I mean, you got the golden, you are the golden goose. And you're laying them golden eggs. It's just the question of how do you get them out to the marketplace? You know, and you got to fart them out faster. You know, it's just like. <laughs> fart them out. I mean, that's really what, I mean, the hard part's over for you. I mean, one of the best knife makers in the world. And, and it's, 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 mm, it's like, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that uh, you've done the hard work. The hard work's over. It's just a question of saying, all right, now how can we make this hard work go to market better? Mm. All right. This is like a group therapy session. I'm loving hey, this. Hey, listen, dude. You, I, listen, you want to listen to some real therapy, go to the Full Blast podcast. I got some <laughs> fucking guy. I got some guy. I'm going to have you on, too. I'm going to have you on, too, maybe sometime in November. I got to work out. I got great guys coming up, too, P.S. Real good guys. And we're all, we're all, you know, I'm far more interested in the Full Blast podcast and not about goddamn Than this one. Oh, no. We, no, we know. that's not true. No, this is the only time I can. I don't, you know, here's the funny part. The goddamn Full Blast podcast, I want it to be a dick joke situation. I haven't been able to take one goddamn dick joke every five minutes. This guy's parents did this and this guy's parents did that. And next thing you know, this guy's, how can you make a dick joke when, you know, people are being serious? So I got to, you know, active listening. So I come on this thing. We could do push stick and pork pie jokes, and then that fulfills <laughs> what I want to do. And it's just like it's not the same thing over and over again. Uh, but it's not okay. about the it's not about the fucking grinders. It's not about the goddamn uh, table saws. I'm interested in the person less in mm. and on the full blast podcast. I'm far more interested in the person and what makes them tick. Mm. So, okay, I, I wasn't expecting us to go down this Fuck, route. No, me we, neither. We, we sort of have. After push so sticks. I'm going to take something that I heard from another part. I'm going to steal an idea from another podcast. So, um, P.S. We yes. we deserve it because everyone steals from us. So oh, P.S. <laughs> that just you know lower lower the boom, guys. I mean, shot across the bow. We're being stolen from every week. <laughs> so we've seemed to have gone down this route where we're talking about um, you know what we change and all the rest of it. So why not now turn things around and. I'll start with saying what I think are the good things about you two guys and what and your work that <sighs> I that I take from working with you. So we, we can all blow each other, basically. That's what this <laughs> hey, section is all about. Wait a second. What kind of fucking podcast is this? <laughs> Jesus Christ! that is a, that is a, that is an awkward thing to say to another person. <laughs> we can blow just blow other. each other. Is that a suggestion? Are you trying to like slip that one in? <laughs> oh, jeez. It's a. I mean, <laughs> ladies and germs, he's going to edit this fucker, and and then you can't do that. Go ahead. Okay, start I'm going to start with Morocco. There he goes. And what really impresses me with with Morocco is the dedication to perfection. 
where he'll he'll work on a piece and it could this piece could take months and um, we we make light of it on the show we got the hallelujah jokes and all that kind of thing but that's a real um skill that i wish i had more of just being that dedicated to making sure something is 100 percent the best it could possibly be and we're at very different sort of ends of the scale when it comes to knife making but you know that is a hell of a goal you know to achieve to be able to you know put everything you have into into a single piece so that's that's really impressive and something that i yeah i, I certainly look up to oh, um you. and and jeff i mean wait yours, wait wait, I wait, mean... wait sorry okay ready <laughs> <laughs> it's cold get going. Is it, jeff? <laughs> get going oh we sorry i'm back <laughs> Oh jeez. Um <laughs> for me it's uh with Jeff, it's it's that sort of business ethic of just banging them out, banging them out. And no, I don't mean banging them out as oh, in, you no, know, not no. caring about the quality. Oh, just... I just mean the sheer quantity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the sheer quantity that, that you manage to produce, your work ethic is is second to none, you know, and if, if everybody I know, whether they're in this business or any other business I don't know anybody with the work ethic that you have. Um, and, yeah, it's just super, super impressive. And, again, something that I take I take from each day, you know? <sighs> what else? That's, that's, that's... I'm pulling right. it out. <laughs> Put it back in. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> My God. All right, sorry. Sorry it's about that. It's the day of Sabbath as well. I mean, Jesus. for God's sakes. Shilla. Pulling pants up, for God's sakes. What is this <laughs> bit? Jeez. Well, I like it. We, we we went down a bit of a dark hole. I know, I think... but I mean, oh, you sorry, think you... <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, <laughs> what's the matter with you? We're going to have to put an explicit on this one. God. Yeah, I think oh, we will. Sure. I think we will. Will Stelter's will. not listening to this one. Okay, that's good. That's God. good. But I think it's some, it's good, you know, sometimes to be told what, what you're doing well. And it's easy to forget that, I think. Thank you. Well, I will say to Jeff. I don't that... know what to say. I don't I don't take very good. I don't uh... Go ahead. Here, Wait, here hold on. Comes. Okay, go ahead. So, what I was going to say... <laughs> 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 oh, oh, God, this is... I thought you had a pork pie in your mouth. What are we doing? What are we doing? Go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, what I was going to say, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% on board with what uh, Craig was talking about, and... Um, it, you know, I really admire the way that you run your business and the way you keep yourself organized and, and are open to, uh, uh, especially letting like Tony be part of what you guys are doing, uh, to help, um, you reach the success that you've been, uh, you know, achieving for yourselves. And I think it's just, it's really impressive. And it is, it, you know, when it comes to the more business minded approach, it is Thus, I think it's one of the best models or approaches that I've seen, the way you, you guys run things. So um, I admire you guys for that, for sure. And I take a lot of inspiration from it. And I, I actually often think, what can I do to be more like, <laughs> I want to be just like Jeff. Um, but, you know, <laughs> just to be smarter about the knife thing as a business. Um, and so, and, and yeah, and you get, you what you guys are doing is what I frame as part of, you know, what I'm looking looking for, or, or as a as, I guess uh, a pillar to uh, 
judge other things by. Uh, And Craig, I will say that I really appreciate, you know, just, I'm amazed at how much how much work you put into how much, especially the podcast, what you've done and how, and, and everything you've done with your knife making, um, even putting together like presentations and you just, you, you are also very, uh, I, I think smart business wise when it comes to approaching the knife making. Um, and so I, I mean, basically all the same stuff I said for Jeff, I said for you too, or I think of you as well. Um, just cause I think, as Jeff was mentioning, you know, I, I, I come at this whole knife making thing from more of a passion perspective and kind of like, basically that I got nothing else to fall back on. So I really got to make this work. Um, but I'm also really good at it and I don't, I can't find the balance. And so, um, I'm, I'm fortunate to know both of you guys and to have you as friends and to chat with you every week. And, and if I can, if I need to lean on you, I'm glad that I can reach out and lean on you guys, even though I give Jeff a, a lot of fritz. You don't give me fritz? What do you give me fritz about? Oh, it's just, just our DMs. This is, this is the fruitiest, <laughs> this is the fruitiest segment you've ever come up with. I appreciate it. The fruitiest. I hadn't intended this. The whole thing it's, was, what would you do if you got I mean, 20 million? Do you continue you working? Got, but we, I mean, we fell down here. I, I love it, but I know that our listeners are expecting it to not be so fruity. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get the call. I'm going to get the call Monday morning. All right. Well, it's your turn. <laughs> From who? From who? Who's the one making the call? Well, the funny thing is, I always say John calls me, but I Fuck always call him. Guy. I always Fuck call him. Guy. So the real bit is, I'm the one who calls him. He'll text me, and then I'll call him, which is even funnier. So I say he's going to call me. He didn't call me. He sends me a text. Guys, in order to say that this is the fruitiest bit of all time, I respect shit out of the both of you because you are passionate people. I'm going to say it. But I, this is the fucking fruitiest thing I've ever. Look, the both of you are incredibly talented, and you're my friends, and I appreciate what you both do. Rekko, you're one of the most talented knife makers on the planet. All right, listen. Sorry, I was was very rude of me. Sorry. Listen, guys. Once again, fruitiest segment we've ever done. And and I'm like, I'm like (laughs) loathe to just give this, but the whole... You started it off with, well, we're going down a big dark hole, and now we're going to blow each other. This is a really an unfortunate situation, because now you between the push sticks and then the dark holes and everything like that, I mean, it's just like, this is like X-rated. But seriously, Mareka, you're one of the most talented guys I've ever met, period. Done. That's it. I mean, it's shocking. When I see the level of detail, it's, just, it's, 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 it's slightly infuriating, because I know I can never do what you do, because it's not in me to want to go to the limits that you go to so mm-hmm. i'm giving that's my compliment it's incredible craig you are a very fascinating individual i love all your work your knives are beautiful i love your ethics i love the fact that you always seem like you're very excited about doing stuff i love the fact that you're always willing to kind of jump through hoops to see things through. And I'm very impressed with all the, the, the up, your constant upgrades in regards to how you deliver your efficiency. And, and I, I, I am, I am a, I'm a fan of you as a human being. I'm a fan of both of you as human beings. What on that knife? Fruity fucking knife. I'm like, I feel I'm shaking with rage right now. (laughs) It's shaking with fucking rage because I am going to, 
that's the gayest thing you guys have ever done. I'm like, you're definitely right. Unzipping zippers and talking about blowing each other. It's super gay. <laughs> Possibly. Fine. Okay. Let's, uh, that was all very tender and loving. Super. I let's, don't want let's... tender. I don't want loving. I don't want handshakes. I don't want hugs. Let's just get back to being miserable because I feel okay. way more comfortable in that situation. <laughs> Let's get a bit more, shall we say, abrasive. Fine. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! I just want to say go. one thing about combat abrasives. I have a, on my last uh, Instagram live that I put in my highlights, I was... I stupidly did the Instagram live while I was trying to order belts and I forgot to put in the knife talk 15. And then <laughs> I, I, I ended up screaming at my, I, I chastised, especially Roy Scott from the accident podcast. He completely distracted me. I wrote an email on the live feed asking, begging, and I had all everybody help me write the letter. We wrote the letter asking if they would refund me the 15%. And th at the end of the, at the end of the uh, at the end of the thing, I got the refund while the live stream was going, and then we wrote <laughs> and then we wrote another thank you email, and I almost I was this close to asking for another fifteen percent off. <laughs> I was it was hilarious. So if you listen to it, it's really funny. Everyone helped me write this letter, and and Gareth was awesome, and and uh, it was really great. But it was funny because we got the customer service experience in the whole live stream. It was really funny. Perfect. Yeah. So Perfect. Congratulations. Okay, should we get to the main meat? Hey, man, can I ask you a question? God damn it. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst. This is the worst. I feel so fucking disgusted at this goddamn show. God, the main meat. Oh, <laughs> Fuck. All right. So if you got questions, send them. You got the button. Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. That's right. It's that easy. And so send your questions in. We'll do our best to answer them. But this is the part of the show that you get to help direct. So this is this first question is coming from Tech717. He's Oh, Jesus, it's a book. He says, hey, guys, <laughs> I got a question regarding grinding. Very new knife maker here, working with a cheap 1x30 grinder. My question is, once you switch to the finishing belts, do you continue to grind on the platen, or do you switch to a slack belt portion? The reason I'm asking is that I find that I have a harder time getting a good finish, um, deep scoring, sort of zebra striped, using the platen. Even though skipping grits and using high quality combat abrasive belts, when I do my finish grinding on the slack, it's much better, but difficult to keep from turning my bevels into a full convex on the whole side of the blade. Hopefully, that makes sense. Thank you for all the help. Just started listening and love the show. All right. He's so, getting chatter yeah. on the finer yeah, belts. That's what it sounds makes like. Makes perfect sense, yeah. yeah. Um, what I do, um, I've got a, a rotary platen which um, gives, just a, <laughs> gives just that little bit of flex. Um, but generally what I tend to do is just turn the speed right down. Um, and I've got like a, on my platen, my, my flat platen, um, I've got a bit of leather, which I, which I can put on there. 
Well, actually, it's the same platen. I just turn it around. It's got a bit of leather on there. And that just sort of softens it slightly. So when you're talking, you know, anything above sort of 320 grit, which generally the the abrasive is very, very thin, and that's when you tend to get the chatter. Yeah. Um, just having a slightly softer backing is enough to keep your flat super flat without going into any sort of convex. Um, but I'd never do it on a slack belt because then you will find that, that you know, you'll just get a rollover on your cutting edge almost immediately. Yeah. What do you guys do? I mean, well, it's just, it seems to me that a lot of times, sorry, a lot of times when you go down to those, G, it's the J weight, uh, J flex belt, J weight flex yeah. belts where they're thinner and they have more, uh, you know, like if you get a 36 grit uh, shredder belt, it's not going to have a lot of, of play. Like it, it's very, it's very uh, sturdy. And when you get down those thinner belts, there's that, it's, the material's thinner and what happens is, is there's a tape seam, and what happens is against a flat platen, it it just jumps. I mean, it's like I mean, it just chatters a little bit. So that I what Greg was saying is great. I mean, the leather belt. I actually one time I was putting a piece of scotch. I taped scotch bright to the back to the front of the platen, and then it wasn't like pushing. You know, when you push that knife against the platen, you're not you know having to ram that that piece of tape through you know it's it's mm. it's not going to jump anymore but that's that's something that i i have a hard time with um with that belt finish after 120 grit because you know it starts to kind of like slap against the the platen that tape seam so if you can yeah. figure out a way to kind of put a little pushing behind the put a little cushion behind the pushing then you're gonna have a <laughs> you're not gonna have that chatter yeah hmm there's also uh, something I use. I used to use um, is uh, it's like this. It's on canvas. It's like this silver. I can't remember what it's called, but it helps reduce the friction of the belt. It's apparently, it's supposed to help with cooler grinding. But what what it does, what I've noticed it does most, is it creates like Jeff is kind of talking about is a, a, a bit of padding behind the belt. Now it's only I don't even think it's a sixteenth of an inch thick, but even just that little bit. Um, you know, you might even be able to get away with like finding a, a few pieces of scrap denim and somehow, you know, putting that over your platen and that will help cushion that bump that you might get from those thin belts. But yeah, it's 100% about the thin belts and that, and there's just nothing to do about that except for trying to, uh, buffer it slightly, um, with some cushion. I've seen, hmm. I've seen somebody try to actually, uh, there is a bird in my shop. And it is bothering the shit out of me right now. All right, never mind. There's a, and he's gonna shit all over the place. God damn it! He's flying around the shop. He's gonna shit all over the place. All right, sorry. <laughs> so, um, what you can do is, uh, I've seen somebody actually um, sand that piece of tape, like actually go behind and then just try to feather out that tape. Oh. Oh my God! He's landing on a knife. I'm gonna while you guys talk. I'm gonna open up the Bombay doors. Do not. I'll, I'll get this thing. I'm gonna open the doors up and get this motherfucker out. And you can hear me go crazy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, I'd, I'd say on, you're probably looking sort of 200 grit and above where you're getting this chatter. Um, if you're not going up super super high, it may be worth heading over to combat and buying some. <laughs> and buying some scotch bright belts um, because they'll give you that little bit of give yeah. so you're not getting that crazy chatter and I think I think it's the ultra fine much I think it's the grey one 
I think that's that's approximately sort of three twenty grit. Sure. And it gives it a really nice sort of uniform pattern anyway. It does. Um, I, th- I mean, and that would so be that, a perfect solution. I think. Yeah, yeah, and then if you know if you want to you know take it further hand sanding afterwards, you you got a sort of good base for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, we've all just said it. Anything over sort of two hundred, you're going to find it difficult, especially with those thinner belts. But yeah, the the the, the secret there is, is padding of some sort, whether it's behind the belt or whether the belt itself has got a bit of give, such as a Scotch sure. bright belt. So, uh, one little tip I'd like to add is I I use a uh, let's see what is it the black polishing compound. And uh, if you hit that on the Scotch Bright belt, it helps for I don't know I mean it's got its own abrasive within it in that compound and it helps mm-hmm. I find I get a much finer finish um, using the Scotch Bright with uh, like a black polishing compound. Um, the rouge as well. Yeah, ah. and it helps also keep things a little bit cooler just because that wax also helps reduce the friction. Um, but it doesn't really affect the cutting action and really creates a nice satin finish. Nice. Nice tip. That's good. Okay. Got him Next out. Next one is from Got the bird Tom out. Moss. Um, uh, show question. Best way to cut stabilized wood blocks for handles. He's talking full tang. He seems to get a lot of waste with his bandsaw due to the crooked cuts, hmm. and his table saw scares the crap out of him. Same with me. Um, should I just buy better tools, or is this just part of the process to cut oversize and flatten? Um, so he's cutting his big blocks down with a bandsaw, and he's not getting good cuts. So um, how do you guys do it? If you're cutting scales from a block, I don't know, Jeff, you do your own sort of milling down of <clears throat> of certain stuff. How 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 do you take it down? I I had a real problem before with. I actually thought I broke my hand because I was using the table saw and a piece kind of came back on my hand and I really felt like I'd done something bad. I I really recently, I was having problems with the fence on my table saw and I kind of talked to some people and I fixed the fence and I've, I had to, the best cuts I always get are on the table saw and I'm terrified of it and I understand Mm -hmm. that I'm terrified of it and I get new blades very often. And then, um, I'm careful how I cut G10. I use different blades for G10 than I do for wood. And I really try to get more comfortable, but understand the fear is real, but the the cuts are better. I mean, the, my bandsaws, you know, just like you, it's like, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll wiggle off to the other side. I'd love to get another bandsaw, but the table saw just gets better cuts. Mm. And, you know, it's hard to, if you're going to cut, like, if you're going to cut a block into like, you know, three eighth slabs, it does get scary, you know? Yeah. Sure. But you need a push stick. Definitely need a push stick in that oh, situation. Push stick. I mean, you got to have a big, long push stick. And you have to have it firm in your hand. And you might even want another one holding the block from the side. What a night. <laughs> <laughs> what a night. What a night. What uh, a night. I would add that. <laughs> If when you're splitting down, if you notice that your bat, bandsaw blade is walking on you, that's usually a pretty key indicator that the blade is dull and it's time to get a new blade. Um, the last time I was cutting on a bandsaw, the first cut went pretty pretty well, and the second cut was all over the fucking place. And I think part of the problem was that I was cutting on a, I just got lucky with that first cut, and that this and that the bandsaw blade was clearly dull, um, and. You know they don't last forever, and honestly, you know it's it's hard to want to spend, especially if you have like a, an actual 
bandsaw instead of like a porter band on like a decent sized bandsaw, those blades can get really expensive. Um, but you do get what you pay for, uh, when it comes to those kind of saw blades. And if you're cutting wood and you're using a metal cutting blade, it's also going to do some funky shit too. Um, wood cutting requires a more aggressive, uh, I guess tooth or aggressive blade, um, where metal cutting, you want finer teeth, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. The higher TPI and lower TPI. Yeah. 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 Um, one thing I would say, whether you're using a band saw or a table saw is, um, I mean, I see so many videos of people doing this online and so on, is make sure you, you set things up right. So mm. if you're using a band saw, make sure you bring the, you know, your guide, which you can generally bring down. Make sure you don't have, you know, a, a 12 inch blade showing. Bring that guide all the way down. So, you know, you've only got a little bit of clearance. Yeah. That way you're going to, you're going to help it from wandering sure and again with a table saw don't have the you know don't have this this circular saw sort of six inches up above what you cut what you're cutting because that's just more friction for things to go flying through the air so make sure you adjust everything you know per cut and and hopefully that'll help as well but um yeah i'm the same table saw scare the hell out of me hell out of me and i generally use a band saw and then then go to like a a, a disc grinder and try and get it flat that way but if you can with the table saw if you can just kind of like cut out some of the problems like you can you know if your guide isn't tight you know like my fence was tight on one side so it would bind every time and then it would stop mm -hmm. everything and then i actually just got a new belt for the motor to the and i got a i got all sorts of stuff to make it work better and I've also kind of make like jigs and have to make sure my hands are out of the way. And, you know, I, I think that, I think that for the la the least amount of work, the table saw is the best. It's terrifying, obviously, but hmm. you know, there are ways in which you can kind of take. And the other thing is sometimes some of the uh, wood is a little too hard. So I, um, what I'll do is I'll do a couple of passes. Dramatic pulls. Well, I just figure, I always expect you to kind of hop in on those. But I mean, you know, sometimes you're just sleeping at the wheel. What am I, seven years yeah, old? Yeah, of course, you're sleeping at the wheel sometimes. But fine. <laughs> uh, I do uh, passes on the, the saw. So like I'll, you know, I'll just kind of have it a short and then I'll raise it up a little bit, raise it up a little bit. And then it, it's mm. a little bit less of a problem. But those blocks are so small that you're just like, you know they are like missiles very easily yeah. quickly yeah i i mean i've got myself i use them i hate it but i use it we need saw stop to reach out to us and send us all saw stops have you seen them where you you can put like a sausage on there <laughs> yeah <laughs> the hot dog it's sausage like, yeah. and it just shuts down a, they're pretty cool yeah but it's like it only works one time you can't put your yeah can't you put your wiener on the saw every time and this, you, know, you gotta buy a whole new saw stop <laughs> oh, every time oh, you put a wiener however you on get there. your kicks however you get your kicks God. All right. The next question comes from Luke's Picks. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? I have seen a few knife makers recently using water-activated glue to attach their knife handles. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on this, and what's your preferred epoxy to attach handles? Thanks for all the snippets of great advice and information tucked in between a mountain of dick jokes, Luke. Listen, <laughs> Luke, you fucking found a mountain of dick. This is a mountain of dick jokes episode. You're welcome. <laughs> Water activated glue? I've never seen it. I don't know if it's water. I know activated. it exists. It is. Like, I've is used it. it. Yeah, wow. it's funky stuff. I just got some so, a pack. Sorry, I just got a package of of different that uh, super glue with different colored uh, glues with an activator. I love it. Hmm. Hmm. 
but not yeah. Not so is that, is that how it works so that with the water stuff? Is it like a two-part epoxy and the chemical reaction will make it harden? Is that, is that what's happening? Yeah, it's not that it needs to be, you know, like even parts or anything. It just has to be – there's something about being exposed to moisture that kicks it off. But I have – I used to use it um, to glue like spacers and stuff together. And um, I found that, you know, once it's all clamped down <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Once it's all clamped down, um, I, I've had I've accidentally dropped stuff, which obviously is not ideal, but it just popped right off. Uh, I hmm. I don't use the West system, but I've seen that uh, you know I I'm pretty sure that's what Jeff is using, and I, this uh, handle maker material maker named uh, Kyle Nelson, his Flying Shark knives, he makes a lot of these really awesome like uh, handle layups. And he uses the West systems, and he's actually in his Instagram feed a few times. He's done some serious torquing on these pieces after mm. they've been glued up, um, flexing the shit out of them. And they're only like, whatever, maybe three-eighths of an inch thick or something like that. And they are not, like, he has to really wail and stretch those things before they break. And he does, he has done a couple of destruction tests just to, yeah. like, show. But uh, the West systems, to me, uh, I think that's what Jeff is talking about, like, the one pump to one pump kind of situation. Well, not yeah. in this in this situation I was talking about a crazy glue, a, oh, okay. a type of crazy glue with an activator. It's not crazy glue. It's like some dude with different colored tops and it's like a package of three. I don't remember oh, yeah, the sure. name of it. It's a mm. crazy glue. Yeah. But the, I, but, um, the spray activator, is that what you're right, talking about? The spray activator. I've been oh. using that a lot, but not for handles. Like I I wonder yeah. are people using uh CA glue? It's called CA glue, right? Are they using Super it for glue, scales? Yeah. It seems like it's a I don't know if that's it's too brittle. I find if if I'm using it with something, any sort of um, sheer force, as in like you know straight across or torsional with a twist, they tend to pop off. You know, because because it, it's just really brittle, so it, it sticks well in that one direction. But any any force from another direction, they'll just pop. So I I generally use um, West Systems. So I think it's the four or five and the four or six hardener, or sometimes G Flex, which I have as well. Um, but in a pinch, I've also used, um, so I want things to, to set really quickly, whether I'm you know, in the middle of something, and I think if I get this done, I can work straight on with it. Um, I use the combat abrasive stuff as well. They do like a five-minute epoxy, which is a two-part epoxy, um, and that works great too. So, yeah, there's plenty of options out there, but, uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be using super glue or CA glue for, um, for you know, putting on um, scales or blocks. What do you use, Mareko, for your epoxy? I just use uh, two-part one-to-one epoxy uh i use this stuff actually from combat abrasives and i have both the fast curing and the slow curing and i i really enjoy it it works works just great oh, i'll have to get some on my next order yeah rogue i think it's called yeah, rogue, rogue epoxy and yeah there's the red one and the blue one one's sort of like half an hour cure one's five minutes works really well i use the west systems for volume and i and i, and I like yeah. i like it because it doesn't set up quickly so if i'm doing like a like i'm about to do fi- uh 50 glue ups i don't want to mix one at a time so i like to be able to kind of mix up a pile of it. but i've i just i just been using uh after listen after watching if you haven't watched the jason knight forge series which the forge his get sign up for his forge thing i think the the the, the uh this sale is off but it was such a great video it was worth it I, he started talking about G-Flex, and I mm. got some G-Flex, and I was super, super impressed with it. It was really, like, yeah. great that's, that's made by West Systems. It's a West Systems product, okay. yeah. And then I just got – I actually just got 
from this company, CEC, CEC Corp from Canada sent me, um, sent me a, a pair of it. And I actually, they wanted to send me a pair of it, uh, a hardener and a resin. And I actually sent a message to, uh, they said that they do, and I actually sent a message to, uh, he got some, uh, Noel Vachon got some. And I asked him what he thought, and he says, it's good. So I got some, and I just actually uh, used it uh, last week, and, you know, I liked it too. It, it, it has mm. the color of, it has the same similar color to the, to the G-Flex. Like, the resin is a little bit more, uh, kind of more of a darker color, and it, there was a lot of similarity. So Sure. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I spoke to West Systems last year as part of something that I was doing. I was, I was testing different epoxies. And um, they said the most important thing with regards to um, how well it'll perform is how it's stored with regards to temperature. So um, they they advise anything between sort of 23 and 27 degrees C. Um, I don't know what that area is in your made-up numbers. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they, 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 they say, you know, if you've got it in a cold shop and you're using it and then, it, you know, you hold on to it, then it's summer. It's, it's those changes of temperatures that will break down the structure of the epoxy even before it's mixed. So, um, yeah, just, just, just be wary of that, that, you know, where you store it. Try and keep it as stable as you can. Um, I've converted an old sort of fridge here um with a heater in it so it, it'll keep things within a certain range and i keep all my epoxies and chemicals in there now um but yeah they said that that's the major factor on um certainly on west systems epoxies on whether they're, they're they'll be effective or not you said I, store them between what temperatures 20 i think it was 23 and 27 okay. or that's what i've set my cabinet to so i assume sure. it, it must have been so about, about 25 so like 50 something yeah uh, it's 50 about something, 70 60. to 80 degrees actually there we go. Okay. Yeah, so that's the sort of optimum temperature to store it. Um, but if it's less, it's not a problem, but it's got, it's the changes of temperature. So if you're keeping things for six months or more and you go through the seasons, that can degrade um, even before you mix the epoxy, apparently. I stopped using the big box store stuff, two-part epoxies, mm. because I, well, at first it was like, um, if I'm going to get some, you know, quarter band belts, I might as well get some epoxy. And then yeah. I got a batch of epoxy that was from a big box store. And it was something happened to the resin. Like the resin chamber was like a, it wasn't, uh, it was almost like curdled. And mm -hmm. I just was like, it was, I just said, I was like, I'm just going to get some good shit. I'm not going to fool around just for a couple extra bucks. I'm not going to fool around with this stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it works. And but if you buy in, like, for example, West Systems, if you buy in, you know, those big, big vats of them, they work out far cheaper than buying, you know, the, the little one-offs, you know, tubes, those syringe tubes with the two parts. But in, the uh, West... It works out far cheaper. But the West System with the pumps is different than the G-Flex. It is, yeah. Yeah, G-Flex generally comes in the smaller bottles. Um, I think it's the 405 and 406 you're talking about, the bigger ones. Yeah, I like that G-Flex. No. Yeah. Tip on, tip on epoxies the road, if they start to, like... Jeff was saying kind of like you get cloudy. I've had that happen actually before too. If you put them in like a wa hot water bath, that will help. Basically what's happening is the epoxy is starting to crystallize. It's not hardening, but it's just like it crystallizes. Mm. But if you put it in a hot water bath, it'll help it get back to its n like normal state of things. Mm. Uh, but I had mm, that happen before. Epoxy talk. Epoxy talk. It is. Glue talk. Oosh. Getting sticky. Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, Stan Stanley changing the subject really quickly. Uh, AQD's hosts on another podcast had the opinion that Damascus knives 
are not made for use as the Damascus pattern will disappear with use. Are they talking out of their arse? Isn't it subject to how much you look after them when you use them? And he says, what's your opinion? So some crackpot podcast <laughs> out there, they're basically they're saying crackpots. that Damascus knives shouldn't be made for using. They're almost like museum pieces <laughs> to look at. They shouldn't be I used. Know who the, I had to like delve into finding who, uh, who it was, and these are not crackpots. They're not crackpots. <laughs> Which continent are they on? Don't are? worry about it. <laughs> it is not Knife Talk Down Under. Shout out to Knife Talk Down Under. It is not them. It is not Knife Talk Down Under. Morocco, let's start with you on this yeah, one. Yeah, sure. I think you probably have a strong opinion on this. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, the pattern... Um, uh, well, first off, so Damascus knives... I mean, it's up to the customer what they're going to use, if they're going to use it or not. I My guess... Especially uh, like larger Bowie knives, very uh, elaborate, engraved, or with gold inlay or whatever. Like I'm gonna guess, uh, most of those are not being used. Almost all of my knives are made out of Damascus, and almost all of them are being used. Um, what does happen over time in use is that the, it's not that the Damascus pattern disappears, but the contrast. Um, wanes i guess the 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 con contrast goes down uh from use um but there are uh, part of the reason like i started trying to work on the coffee process is because not i don't know if a customer will, i've had actually a couple of customers do it before but um the idea is that the customers it, it's a process that a, a customer could maintain on their own by just putting the knife in a coffee bath and and um bringing that contrast back but there's uh, ultimately there's not a lot to do about the uh about the loss of the contrast now i will say i i've found or i've seen it seems to to me that uh stainless damascus knives hold their contrast uh quite a bit different uh quite a bit better uh i don't know what it is about uh the stainless and and what's going on with creating that contrast that makes it hold better it could just be the chrome oxides that help kind of create that stainless barrier that protects the knife in general is also helping to protect the, the contrast but uh, I don't know 100% um, there are some things um, uh, that can be done um, that help preserve the contrast longer number one thing would be to not use the scrubby side of a of a sponge or something to clean to clean the knife uh, don't let it get to that point um, if Try to always use the soft side of the sponge, especially if it's a chef's knife, I guess. Uh, to use the soft soft side of the sponge to clean it off. Um, I guess it's even if it's not a chef's knife, if you're trying to preserve that Damascus finish, you, you'll want to use the soft side of the sponge as well. Um, there, there are some things that people are doing with baking soda now. Um, and basically, there it's a hot baking soda bath. It's one to help ultra-neutralize kind of the the uh the acid etch which is actually something people have been doing for a long time is boiling the knives and baking soda um but they're they're i've been playing with different techniques um where you're not using boiling hot water you're just using hot and uh and it, there's something about it that helps with preserving the contrast and making the uh the finish more resistant to being uh worn away i guess from use um, but again, I haven't really nailed it down. I kind of mentioned this back a few episodes back. Um, so I, I'm not really comfortable like telling people this is how you should do this process. Cause mm -hmm. I don't, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Um, 
So, but, but the, the coffee etch is not bullet, is what you're saying. It's no, it's not. It, it's it creates the best contrast I've found, but it is not bulletproof for sure. Right. Um, some things that. I've been finding it really help the contrast hold better is allowing the blade to air cool, not by using heat, but by either, um, you know, place like waving the fan <laughs> or waving the knife around to kind of help get that moisture off and air cool. You can use your compressed air to blow the moisture off after neutralizing the blade. Um, but there's something about when those, those dark, the dark oxides or whatever they are, uh, are exposed to oxygen. They're way more durable. I've, I've actually buffed on them before. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't even that good, Craig. Come on, Passion man. That was buffed all over. That them. wasn't even a fucking good one, dude. <laughs> and, um, and they held up. So it's, yeah, if you're going to do whether it's even whether it's ferric or coffee, letting that blade air cool before even trying to wipe it. Don't wipe it dry or anything. If you can blow it dry with compressed air, blow it dry with compressed air. And I tip my hat to Neil Comer-Moore because he was the one that actually turned me on to that. Hmm. Um, so, but you can it. also etch it deep, and then the and then if you etched it super deep, and then you didn't use the coffee etch, it's not going to change. I mean, you're still going to have that transition between the high carbon and high nickel. Yeah, you you mean the contrast? Yeah, well, the contrast. You'll still get those that you'll still get the pattern, and it'll never really you'll be able oh, to see. Oh right, it. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the pattern never disappears because of that, because you are getting that kind of topographical difference on the surface of the blade. Um, so I, I mean, maybe mm -hmm. everybody should yeah. just get lasers. Have like you had any? Yeah, or a sharpie, yeah. or get a sharpie. Sharpie, yeah. <laughs> send a sharpie with your knife. <laughs> have you had any customers um just take like sandpaper and just try and refinish the blade and just make a complete mess at all uh no thank thank goodness um i always or they, or they didn't tell you <clears throat> yeah or they didn't yeah. tell me um but i always tell my customers that uh, if they need any finish work or like it, basically if the knife needs a spa day please send it hap I'll, I'll happily take care of it you just gotta cover shipping yeah. um but I actually, I don't really, I don't get many customers taking me up on that, and so they must yeah. be fine with how it just reminds me. Of, can you remember a couple of years ago when there, there was that that woman who she found that really rare painting, and I think it was of Jesus or something, and she tried to like touch it up, and she just oh <laughs> it was God. this terrible picture of the of a Jesus, and it was just the worst thing ever. Did she have to repaint the face back on? She did, and it was the worst. <laughs> it was the worst thing. But um, if if you were going to do that, if you were going to sort of try and refinish, what you'd want is um, Rhino Wax because it. it's the best sandpaper. It's what we all use. Um, we use I use it daily. It's quick. It does the job much much quicker than any other sort of brand of sandpaper. And if it's quick, it saves you money. So it's cheap. It's inexpensive, and we've got it a little bit more inexpensive for you by going to Texas Fire Supply. TexasFireSupply.com. They stock Rhino Wet in all the grits as well as lots of other stuff for the knife maker, lots of knife making stuff there. So head on over to TexasFireSupply.com, and if you use Knife Talk 10, you'd also get 10% off your order. Couldn't ask for better. Nice. Fucking good. That's good. Shall we do um, some dilemmas? Yeah. I hear you've got some dilemmas for us, Jeff. I do have some dilemmas. Uh, I asked guys to send in dilemmas, and here's the first dilemma. It's a pop quiz, you motherfuckers. Press the button. Oh, jeez. Wait, wait. Come on. I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't ready for uh, this. Of course you were. It's a fucking pop quiz. 
Okay. Let's get quizzical. <laughs> All right. So I got oh, questions for the both of you, excited. motherfuckers. And we're, this is no no prepping anymore. It's going to be surprise. So you're going to play the music. And when that old bat starts talking, we're going to start asking questions. And it's going to be as quickly as possible. Who would like okay. to go first? I, oh, go first. Craig's going first. Craig's oh. going first. Okay. okay. Are we ready? All the time. What is minute. Joe Exotic, a.k.a. the Tiger King's real name? Uh, Joe Italian something. I don't know. <laughs> well, whose parody uh, Prince George Instagram account inspired the upcoming HBO Max series The Prince? Don't know. Don't know. How many kids does Angelina Jolie have? T-minus 40 seconds. Four. Who wrote the book HBO's Little Big Lies and who is it based on? Having a clue. Who did Forbes name the youngest self-made billionaire ever in nineteen in twenty nineteen? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. How many times did Ross Geller get divorced on Friends? T minus twenty seconds. Two. Uh, who Twice. was the first Bachelorette in two thousand three? Oh, <laughs> I haven't a clue. Uh, who uh, a clue. who does Michael Scott hit Ten, with the company property five, on eight, uh, the company property seven, in the office? Six, what? Five, who does he hit four, on? Yeah. Three, two, don't know. Which movie won the first Zero. Best Picture Academy Award? I don't. These are all very American centric. Right, I, I don't think this is very right, fair. Well, um, you got none. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got none. I thought you'd get Joe Exotic's. Joe Exotic's name is Joseph Allen Maldonado Passage. Maldonado. The other one, Italian. all right, uh, Gary Gennady. Uh, uh, Angelina Jolie has six children. Maddox, Pack, Sahara, Shiloh, Knox, and Vivienne. Uh, mm. Kylie Jenner was the youngest self-made billionaire. Uh, Ross Geller got divorced three times. And um, <laughs> you got them all wrong. And Meredith Palmer oh, was the person that he picked, that he, uh, Michael's got hit on. So this is all you. This is yours to. This is yours to win. <laughs> yours to lose. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, I mean here's, here's the best part about this. You can get none of them right, and then it'll be a fucking you know toss up, or you can win. I mean, you, you it's all on you. You know. Okay, let's see what we can you do. You ready? Yeah. Right. Are we all ready? Ready. What modern day item made a cameo in the final season of Game of Thrones? Pass. What is Chandler Chandler Bing's middle name? Pass. Fifty seconds. What does the uh, acronym SMH stand for? Pass. <laughs> Where did Prince William and Kate Middleton first meet? Pass. How many Harry Potter books and movies are there? Seven books, eight movies. What is the middle name of Michelle Obama's... Uh, what's the name of Michelle Obama's 2018 memoir? Shit, I don't remember. Pass. Uh, Felicity, Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin were among dozens of indi individuals involved in what 2019 investigation? Uh, uh, pass. <laughs> Who sings the song "Say So" that's behind the popular TikTok dance? Pass. What Troy Bolton's? Well, what's uh, Troy Bolton's dad in High School Musical is the brother-in-law? Which famous actress? <laughs> well, congratulations! Where did you find these questions? <laughs> congratulations, Mareko has won. He fucking won. With the answer, uh, so he... The Harry Potter one. The Harry Potter like one. <laughs> you had... I, I thought you'd get shake... SMH is shake my head. Uh, Chandler Bing's know. middle name is Muriel. 
Modern oh, day right. item in the cameo of the final season of Game of Thrones is, is a Starbucks cup. Um, Becoming is the name of Michelle Obama's 2018 uh. memoir. Uh, Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughman were in Operation Varsity Blues, that college admission scam. You remember that fucking thing? Oh, oh God, right. So okay. And you're the TikTok man. Who sings the song Me? Say So that's behind the popular TikTok dance? It's Doja Cat. And no. Troy Bolton's dad in High School Musical is the brother-in-law of the famous actress Blake Lively. Congratulations, Mareko. You are now the race to the bottom champion. Perfect. <laughs> God damn We're it. We're getting worse every week. Holy <laughs> mat. Oh, I, I mean, we, it was much better this time. We didn't have to go Jeez. into overtime. I thought you'd have, oh, I mean, you know, guys, you know, this isn't getting any better. But I do have a dilemma. <laughs> um, okay. okay. <laughs> no more, no more. We can't be wrong here. This is just opinion. <laughs> well, we I mean, I think if you take all of our quizzes and then you kind of make the point that we're answering questions for knife makers and you fed the fact that we've we're the worst at taking tests maybe some of you motherfuckers shouldn't really listen to somebody else as opposed to us <laughs> yeah yeah okay this uh dilemma comes from overton forge hey guys i have a question right now i'm in the middle of making a custom a custom order 5160 cleaver the customer has been waiting patiently for a few weeks now and i i've gotten the final stages after the handle school uh, scales were glued and notice that my acid etch appears inconsistent in different lighting, and the surface fi finish wasn't to my standards. I posted the failure on social media to show the mistakes and how I learned from them, and my customer seen it and said he still wants it. My question is, as a maker, should I toss and remake uh, another um, that's more up to par or discount this one and give it to the customer because he wants it? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Does that make sense? Hmm. Are you in the business of making money or making uh, yourself feel better? I think if the customer's mm. happy with it um, and, you know, you've got to a point where, you know, it wasn't obvious because you already proceeded to the next stage. So I think take the money. That's that's why you're making knives, to make money, surely. Um, and if you know, so the customer's happy with it, so it's a win-win. That's me. Yep. I mean, I, I would agree. If the customer's good with it, um, then I don't think there's a problem. And r realistically, like every knife that I put out, and I appreciate your guys' kind words, but there's probably at least a dozen things that I'm not happy about on that knife. But hmm. I have to look at it and say, even with those on there, it's still a pretty fucking good knife, and I'm going to be good with those those things. So... Um, there are things to try to get better the next time around. You, you know, you can't, if, if any of us tried to make the absolutely most perfect knife ever, we'd never make a fucking knife because we'd never be happy yeah. with it. Right. And so you just got to accept some of the, the wins and losses and lessons learned and move on and do try to do better next time. And a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, what the things that you see, your customers never see. Right. You know, hmm. I've started to yeah. kind of loosen up on certain things just because it's like I'm having a dilemma with, you know, some part. And it's like, you know, I, I'm spending too much time fretting over something that something that no one will ever see. And I mean, that's mm -hmm. not a cop out, but it's just like it's the point where if the guy knows it, you've done what you've done and he's happy with it. And, you know, if you want to knock off a little price discount, and say, OK, I just let me let me knock off a little bit of money. I mean, that's a good show of faith kind sure. of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you ready for another dilemma? 
do it. Okay. In a series Arrested Development, there's always money where? <laughs> it's in... Is this a quiz? I don't have any more... It's in a banana fun. stand. There you go. <laughs> Look at you. That's right. 100%. That catches on fire and all That's the money burns it. away. That's it. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Next dilemma. Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphreys were married for how many oh, days? Never mind. All right, uh, I got nothing else. Yeah. I got I got one dilemma. Everyone, <laughs> oh, maybe I'll check the. Yeah, I don't have any more dilemmas. Um, okay, I tell I tell you what. Um, I've had some problems with grinding this week. Let Let's just talk about that for a sec. So I've got a question for okay. you guys. Um, I've basically um, when I'm doing these these camp knives, it's because it's like a Scandi grind. It's all done with a jig because um, I've got loads to just sort of pump through. Um, but because I'm using a jig, I'm not using a file guide. And I'm having terrible problems with uh, plunge lines, getting them straight, because I can't get my tracking right. Um, and I actually spoke to Jeff yesterday about this, just via text. And I sent him a few pictures and so on. We, we tried to track down this problem. Um, and it, it turned out that my, my platen had worn, so I turned it back around the other way and it, and it was far better. Um, but... I suppose the question is, what what maintenance are you doing on your grinders to stop things like this happening? So you don't have to stop in the middle of a sort of production run and say, well, this isn't working. What what can I do? What sort of maintenance are you doing on, on your grinders? Mm. If anything. I mean, I've kind of... Nothing? Nothing? Okay. I, I, I've... <laughs> I, I've tried to get away from doing plunges and any of that kind of stuff. Um, mm. Because... More than anything, I'm, I, you know, if you asked me to grind a plunge today, I don't know if I really could. Uh, all this shit I can do, oh. I don't know if I can really grind a plunge. <laughs> um, oh, okay. But I, a lot of the things that I've done are to help keep me away from uh, having to basically face some of my shortcomings and weaknesses in my knife. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm building stuff on my grind. I actually just built a new little uh, kind of arm that kind of it's a tiny little table designed for setting the angle for either grinding clips on like bowies or for kind of chamfering the edge on my saya that i just finished up and um and it you know i spent a few hours dealing with it but i got it put together and it looks really great and it's gonna work great now for god knows how long you know probably for at least the mm. next five ten years should have no problems with it but um, there are little things like that that you got to kind of address when they're coming up because like you said, instead of, you know, if you, you could just keep fighting it and fighting it or you could stop and take what probably feels like more time than you would like to deal with it. But once you get it fixed up and set and good, you, you won't have to deal with it ideally, hopefully for a long bit of time afterwards yeah. but you do do yeah. pl you have plunge lines similar you have transitions between the blade and the bolster that are very yeah, similar to the plunge sure. line. that's true uh yeah the bolster transition from the blade yeah and i'm just freehanding that on the edge of my platen um mm. so that, that that's been my problem the the platen i was finding the belt was just wobbling so far so generally i'll have a hard line between the belt and the, and the platen edge sure. so I can do a nice crisp plunge line. Um, but when that's bouncing all over the place. Yeah. And I made a joke. This was like this was like Alex Paul at a wedding when he was seven years old. It was bouncing all over the place. Didn't know where it was. You have to listen to the Full Blast Jeff. podcast. Reference for Jeff's podcast. <laughs> full Blast podcast. Um, 
Um, but yeah, it, it was just becoming so frustrating, and you know, it was getting to the point where I was trying to time these things, you know, with the, with the bounce, and I'm like, ready, oh, one, wow. two, three. And I'm thinking, this is right. I shouldn't be doing this. Um, so yeah, I think a bit of preventative maintenance would have stopped that. So that, so that's what I was wondering, really, you know, whether you guys we talked last week about you know greasing motors and so oh, on. which but we got, I want to add to that. I, I have a que- I have a point to add about the greasing motors. Keep going. Okay, cool, cool. But I was just wondering, is there anything else that you do? Um, and yeah, okay, that's cool. What about you, Jeff? Any sort of maintenance you're doing with your grinders? Well, actually, I have been having really good customer service from Ryan and uh, and Vince at Broadback Ironworks, and this isn't an ad right now, but you know that's the good thing about dealing with companies where you you know you have faith in the people that are they're, they help mm. you out in regards to the tracking um, or whatever you're having an issue with. They're you know they're very quick to get on it. Um, I. I keep my eye on the wheels. Sometimes I, t- sometimes I've been known to tighten the wheels on too tight, and then they'll, they're having a little bit harder time um, spinning. Um, I had hmm. one grinder where I don't know what I did, but I and uh, Cliff Duffson was in my shop, and he's just like, "What did you do to that tracking wheel?" Because it was like it was like a it was like a it looked like a cone. I had completely like worn the hmm. top away, like a very strange, and it actually screwed up. It screwed. It kept the tracking very difficult because it wasn't uh, round, or you know, sometimes those mm. top wheels have a little bit of crown on the middle of it. I right. completely made it, you know, a cone, and so it really kind of fucked the tracking up and made it very difficult to use. Um, but uh, I just try to. I, I get worried because you know, these are moving parts and stuff like that. So I try to keep my eye on tightness and stuff, stuff and you know, see what's going on. But um, in regards to, we got a couple messages, and I just want to read one about uh, last week. Uh, Reco talked about greasing the motors, and this is just a couple guys wrote in just to kind of add to you know what you had said. And this one comes from James Fleming, and he says, "Guys, I just listened to the recent episode, and I wanted to go over something that Reco mentioned about greasing your grinder motors. Before I was a full-time bladesmith, I was uh, I was an individual maintenance technician. Most of my job consisting uh, consisted of preventative maintenance." which uh, meant a lot of greasing machines. Most motors only require to be greased one to two times a year, and it's a single pump when you do it. Okay. My suggestion would be <laughs> my, my suggestion would be to look at the manufacturer's maintenance information for your specific motor. It should have, have information on how many hours you should run the machine before greasing it. Over-greasing is far worse than under-greasing it when it comes to your motors. Oh, that's James Fleming. Hmm. I think that's American Wasteland. That's a good tip. So that was kind of a yeah. good just add. He's basically, yeah. you know, adding on to what you had said. But um, yeah, yeah, maintenance of machines is is like I think a lot of us don't. I mean, I just recently broke my. I didn't. Bre- Turns out I didn't. Thanks for the podcast. One of the listeners, I broke my pump, my vacuum pump, and um, it t- turns out I just have to fix some things on the inside. And one of our listeners was kind enough um, to uh, make me some videos on how to. Once I decide I want to go back to it, I'm going to fix this up. So, Sure. Yeah. I guess okay. to add to my answer earlier, um, probably the, just paying attention to your bearings um, on, on your wheels. Yeah, and like Jeff was saying on his idler wheel, like it's the, especially if it's their aluminum, they will wear down. I've even find found like some of my, idler, like the two inch idler wheels at the top and bottom of, of my platinum um, my grinders have have worn out kind of funky too and it's paying attention to those things because that is really going to affect how the belt rides and um and 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 how it kind of like how it affects the way it grinds the, the blade um and whether or not you can even track the damn thing 
Um, but yeah, I've just recently had to replace the bearings or replace the wheels actually like two, a couple of the wheels on my grinder recently. And part of it is cause I, I would have replaced the bearings, but there's no way to pull the, like extract the bearings without like destroying the wheels. So I just had to replace the whole wheel. Um, but that, that's the only other thing I could really think of that I've had to address, uh, somewhat recently. There's one thing that yeah. we all do that we forget about, and it's a lot of times, you know, especially if you have, if you have a, like a chef knife and you're kind of cleaning up the profile, you know, you're trying to hit the spine up. You don't want to hit when you're on the belt, you're on the platen. You don't want to hit that top wheel. So what you do is you perch mm. the platen forward a little bit, so you're not gonna bump into the wheel uh, under the belt. You know, you won't get that. Thing. Yeah. So what happens is is it, if you're putting more pressure on the on the motor because it has to work harder to get the belt over the plat and i actually had a conversation with uh, another grinder company from a few years ago and they said that um that's i was having problems with my motor my motor was like you know like the breaker was going out and it was because mm. and i actually had to replace a, i had to replace the motor because i just fried it i fried it because i was just constantly putting a ton of pressure on it the platen was pushed out past the wheels and then it, it put pressure. The wheels couldn't keep up and then to, with the motor and I just, you know, fried a, fried a motor. It would just, it would, uh, the breaker would pop on the motor, not on the breaker with, with, yeah. with every yeah. knife. Mm. So, yeah, I, I suppose the only maintenance I've been doing, um, for years is every now and again just getting you know a vacuum out and just getting rid of all you know iron filings and sure. stuff you know from, from all around the electrical parts but it, it's never occurred to me that you know i should be doing more maintenance because you know when it comes down to it the grind is that one thing that you're going to be needing every day you know and you know there's not many other tools around the house that we don't give any maintenance to whatsoever but these things we work damn hard in dirty situations and um yeah, maybe I should be paying a bit more attention and to it. And the other thing is, is the platen, because if a lot of times you're you're working on one spot in the platen, and you get these dips, and this would lead mm. right into uh, if you get a with um, Broadback Ironworks, you get one of their two by seventy two grinders. They have platens, they have replaceable plates on their platens. So you know sometimes you get uh you know you'll use your your platen, and then you'll only work on one side of the platen, one in the middle. And then you'll end up with dip. So when all of a sudden you have mm. that dip in your plat and it's not super flat for like $3 and the cost of shipping, they'll send you new plates that fit on top of your platen and then you can just replace them. Um, you can also, you know, get a piece of Pyrex and then JB weld it to the, to the, to the plat too. Um, they make great grinders. I'm telling you, uh, versatile, super versatile, intuitive. A long platen, and that's why I like the long platen a lot. That's a underrated, underrated feature. That's really, really nice. You have a pile of room on there. Uh, super versatile. I was super pumped to be able to turn it sideways so I can work on these serrations. Uh, you don't need a wrench to to change out your platens. All the platens, all the different attachments fit on the slack belt arm, and uh, it's a great it's a great machine. And the guys are really good at their customer service is very good. That's one thing is I had an issue, a minor, very minor issue, and they got on with me uh, real quick, and they're taking care of it uh, really, really quick, and they're good guys. Ryan and, and Vince are good guys, and they, they, want, they want you to be happy. Whether you're a knife maker, whether you're a woodworker, whatever you're doing, uh, it is a very good value. 
Yeah. And they're makers themselves. They understand. They're makers they're themselves. Nice themselves. They're makers yeah. themselves. And they, they do a real nice job. And I'm very, very happy. What I do like the idea that they'll, you know, if you wear down your, your, your platinum, they'll send you, you know, for nothing. I'm only like, I mean, it's cheaper to get one from them than to go get yourself a, a piece of steel and then drill and tap the holes on the, on the way, you know? So they, they do a lot of really good things. There's a lot of upgrades. Um, they're actually sending me an integral bolster, uh, grinding attachment. I'm really looking forward to going to try if I ever forge anything ever again, <laughs> but, uh, I'm fired up about them and they're, they're doing a nice job. They're doing a real nice job. So go nice. to uh, broadbackironworks.com, put in knife talk 10, get 10% off and you know, They'll also tell you what maintenance you need to do. Like if they, if you want. Yeah. And, and don't forget the promo I code. Did. I said, what I said. Cool would forget to put a promo code oh, in. That was, well, I mean, I did that with combat and then they, and I, <laughs> you know, I did drop, I did drop the name. I did big shot. Ball. I said, I'm Jeff from Knife Talk. And it was so embarrassing, but it was just like, I need to get that 40 <laughs> bucks off. So, but yeah, broadbackironworks.com, promo code Knife Talk 10, get yourself a, a grinder. It's a, I stand behind it. I stand behind those guys too. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, shall we take one or two more yeah. questions? Actually, actually. Um, so, Craig, you had a dilemma. I actually have a, a small dilemma of my own. A question for you guys. Yeah. I'd be interested in your yeah. feedback, uh, as actually as well as the listeners. So, um, I've been thinking about the idea the of feedback. what's that? You don't want the listeners. <laughs> I do want their feedback. No, um, you go to you. You'll go to no. Go to knife talk then. Yeah. Um. I, I've been thinking about doing, I, I want to do more instructional stuff, like educational stuff. Um, but as you know, as you guys know, for sure, you know, putting, taking together video or taking the video, putting it together and, and, and even, you know, even when we did the pizza thing, like doing that video that I did was kind of a pain in the ass to make. <laughs> and Jeff can definitely attest to it as well. <laughs> um, and so I'm curious what you guys thoughts are on chart charging and i know we had jason on here obviously who has the forge series which is really great um and i'm just trying to think like i i'm not necessarily at least right now to start looking to do like really high production quality and i know you guys love production quality but it, for me i really want to focus on the content and the information but it does take time to put that stuff together in a meaningful way. And I was curious what you guys thought about, you know, the idea of charging for that or, or just putting it out there for free. I know every, I, I'm sure most people would love for it to be out there for free, but I don't know, just like the whole, it takes time. Yeah, take, yeah. Taking the time to put it together is it's, it takes away from the knife making that actually pays the bills. And so how do I find that balance? So, you know, um, I've been kind of toying with this idea for a while now and I'm, I'm on the verge of starting it. It's just really still trying to figure out if it's, if we're going to monetize it or not. And so I'm curious mm. what you guys think. Yeah. I, th I, th I mean, if it's something that you don't particularly enjoy doing in regards to, you know, the production side of things, obviously you enjoy the work, sure. but when it comes to the production side, which is always more work than people think, mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, if you're not enjoying it, you should get paid for it because okay. it's, you know, it's, it's your time that you're, you're taking to show people. Yeah. And I suppose there's, there's two ways of doing that. I mean, you've got a huge following on, you know, social networks. Um, I'm not I'm not sure on you. I know you've got a YouTube channel. I, I don't know what your following is it's there. But obviously, much. that's one yeah. route. 
you know but um i think that the days have gone really of, of somebody almost starting up a youtube channel and trying to get a a good following to to get an income i think those days are probably gone Why? just because the just because it is so much there's so much already on online um that you know to to get yourself established um with a huge following i think it's very difficult but you know those who have done it they've been doing this for years um where there was there wasn't so many makers online sure. um so i mean i've just started putting videos on youtube now and i i don't for one minute expect to earn a penny from it um, but I'm doing it because I do enjoy that production element. Um, but if you don't, I think yeah, you you need to, you should get paid for it because it's work. Um, so yeah, if you're not if you're not going the route of you know YouTube and hope to get you know monetized that way, which I think is super difficult. Um, I think yeah, I mean some sort of course where people like Jason has done, where people will pay a fee and they can download the course. I mean. I've recently done one on Fusion 360, and I think it, that that sort of model people are getting used to now. That people are, and I think especially now people are used. You know, we're seeing it more and more in the media, and so people are used to working from home, and they're doing online training and online courses and online meetings, that sure. kind of thing. So I think people are used to that model now as well of 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 having to pay for downloadable content that's got value to them. So I th I think yeah I think that's a really good route to do it but um I I think production is shouldn't really be second you know obviously the content is the most important thing but I don't think you you should discount the production yeah. it it doesn't need to be expensive to do um I mean what an example of a, of a shortcut is is one reason why I I started doing YouTube videos a while back and I stopped because it was taking a lot of time and that was simply because I couldn't get the audio right um, and I ended up using like a, a lavalier mic and then having an audio source and a video and having to sync the two together. Mm -hmm. And it was taking so much time. So I just went out and I bought a cheaper camera and I've, you know, with a good mic on top. And now it's all recorded in the camera with the correct audio. So now I can just take it off the camera, mm -hmm. upload and it's done. You know, I don't have to do any syncing. So it's almost like, you know, when you're doing a production run of knives, you want to find out where those bottlenecks are and just cut them out and make it as easy as possible. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think production shouldn't shouldn't be um, looked on, you know, secondly. I think I think effort does need to go into it because you need to get people's attention. And, you know, it's it's something that I've, I've been toying with a lot over the last few months. You know, every time I'm releasing a, a batch of knives now, I try to make a, like a little, a burlesque video, as you called it last mm. week. <laughs> um, and, and funnily enough... As soon as this finishes, um, it'll start to get dark here because I need to be dark to finish filming the video for these camper knives that will go online tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I, I say I really enjoy doing that. I, I'll spend that, you know, I've already shot about four hours of footage and I know this is going to be a 23 second advert. So, you know, it's, it's, it is a massive time suck. Um, and if you're not enjoying it, yeah, you need to get paid. But I, I do think people are willing to pay now. Um, I mean, they got, you know, Five years ago, everybody's expecting everything to be on YouTube, um, which is why so many people jumped on YouTube and they've made huge names for themselves. And they get big revenues, that kind of thing. I think those days are gone, but people are valuing content now. Maybe we've been saturated with ads, all that kind of thing. And people think, well, actually, this is valuable content um, and I'm prepared to pay for it. There's So that was a, that, I suppose that was a long-winded way of me saying, you know, create an online course, um, but, you know, don't scrimp on the production i suppose okay. here's a here's yeah. a couple thoughts in in regards to what you were saying there are makers who 
don't rely on YouTube money. They don't, they, I know I hear about monetize this and monetize that. Yeah. You know, guys like um, Alex Steele, guys like, um, he's kind of a different situation, but he, he'll do a kind of a commercial. And then another person is who does a lot of it is uh, Chris Zepp of uh, Make Everything Shop. Yeah. His videos, he'll incorporate, I use, you know, he'll incorporate, he has sponsors who go into his YouTube videos. And he has, you know, he'll do work a deal with us. I'm, I'm assuming he'll work a deal with a sponsor where I'll make his X amount of videos and then I'll do commercials for your videos as I'm doing it. So like when he's doing a grinding thing, he'll talk about Broadback. He'll have it in the show notes. Um, and you're able to kind of, instead of hoping that you get views, you're actually having, um, not, you're not being monetized by YouTube, but you're being monetized by your sponsors. You know, you're running yeah. your own commercial. That does require a big following, that doesn't it? For them well, to do I mean, but I mean, he already has video. it. I mean, he already has it. I mean, you know, he already has the following. Yeah. You just got to drive it that way. I agree with, um, I agree with Craig that it's got to be compelling. It's got to be edited. It's got to be let well. Jason, Jason Knight is, the Forge series, and I've said this before because I got it, it was such a great deal. It was so well put together, but they fucking wrangled him because we've talked to him and he's like all over the place. That is that is the most edited video. I'm sure they went through a pile to get that fucking <laughs> you know the squeeze out that fine fine juice because it was it was like I mean I we hear him we hear him talk. He's not that concise. <laughs> I mean no no offense, but I mean he had hired a production a production team. Right. But it is it is a series that like it's almost like a Netflix series. Like that's it's high end. It's super super high end, end, and it's like he's got it boiled down to the last bits. I mean, you can even tell that he almost they edited him to the point where they just got the fucking brass nuts, brass nuts, brass tacks. (laughs) 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 The brass tacks got it down to brass tacks. (laughs) I didn't mean to say brass nuts, but the editing is so critical because. I, I literally sitting in front of YouTube for like 30 minutes for me. It's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. The other person who does an amazing job is Alex Pohl, uh, Moonshine Metalworks. He hired, I talked about it in the last episode of, of Full Blast. They, he paid, he paid the guys and he paid Steve Moonshine Metalworks to do it. And I tell you what, it's about as good a video as possible. And I just think, I do believe that, you know, the delivery is, you know, they call pizza as a cheese delivery system. You need a cheese delivery system to like blow it out. I, I think people be willing to pay, but it's like yeah. you gotta feel like it was worth it. Okay. Yeah. And people are used to such high production standards right. now. But it, it you know, it doesn't need to be expensive as such. You can buy a very good camera and you know, it'll do slow mo and all the you know, for all those sexy shots, you know, for sort of five hundred dollars. Get some lights on Amazon for, you know, hundred and fifty dollars. If it's well lit and you've got good audio, um, you know that's that's going to go a long, long and way. Editing is clutch. I mean, the editing is yeah. super clutch. The other th- and and I I think if you're looking at sort of let's say online content as opposed to sort of TV content, most of the stuff that you see on YouTube now would never ever work on TV because it's the the cuts are super sharp. Like as soon as a, as a sentence is finished, there's no breathtaking and it's like a conversation it's literally cut 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 all the time mm-hmm. and i think because people's attention is being pulled in every direction so the only way for it to work on on a screen is if it's super fast cut and everything just moves really quickly um the minute it all slows down i think that's more sort of tv 
sitting down, you know, on the sofa, you know, you can sort of relax and breathe a bit. I think personally, I think if I'm looking at a screen, I know I got so many things taking my attention. The stuff that works for me specifically is is the fast, fast stuff. And if you look at, you know, we keep mentioning YouTube just because obviously that's the bigger platform. But if you look at all the successful ones there, there's no dead time whatsoever. It's 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 a millisecond from a sentence to the next sentence. And that doesn't mean they're talking like that. It just means they've cut it, you know. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there's this this so much to think about. It's you a know, lot. It, it's. It's a lot. Two, yeah. two other takeaways. It's a different is, game. Is, I mean, I've said this a hundred times. When you're watching the Forge series and Jason Knight, you, you, if you told me, if somebody said this is on Amazon Prime, I'd believe it. It is literally like yeah. it's paced like a TV show. And it's sure. very, very, very digestible. And the other thing was when I do the Full Blast podcast, I have to be happy. It's got. Do you I, really? Do you do another yeah, podcast? Yeah, Full Blast podcast on the Makery channel. Of course. <laughs> I'm, when I'm doing it. But I have to have my mindset like I do it. I've uh, I recorded on Mondays, Mondays at three, and I get everyone to come into Mondays at three, and it's like a job. And I do yeah. not want any lags. I don't want to be able to. And I I I prepare for it. I'm going to prepare all day today. I've been preparing all in, in the end of the week, and then from Tuesday, from Monday night into Friday, I don't think about it. But I have everyone lined up, and I'm it's all in place, and I'm it. The more organized you are, the easier it is to do. Because sure. I want to be able to, Thursday nights, I do all the content. I do write all the whatever I got to write. And then Craig gets it. And then it makes it, I know it's coming out. I know it's coming out. And it is a job. Because consistency is everything. Consistency of how much time things go out. I mean, you know, I don't think you can be willy-nilly about it. I think when you go in, you got to go in all, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what I'm what I'm wanting to share, I mean, basically what I want to do is potentially approach it from breaking down all the barriers and not just do I, I'm not interested in doing basic or like introductory stuff because there's lots of really great introductory stuff out there. Just like we've been talking about Jason's Forge series and a lot of other stuff out there already. Um, I, I want to go way deeper into a lot of the more complicated stuff that I do and kind of my approach that people, you, you don't really learn unless you're there taking an ex, an expensive class from somebody or um, you happen to be at the right hammer in at the right time with the right person demonstrating kind of situation, you know, the stuff that people mm -hmm. are kind of usually keeping under, you know, close to their chest when they're playing their cards. I want, I want to potentially, you know, just kind of put that all out there. Um, but then at the same time, I'm try just trying to decide, like, is it, is it really worth my is time doing worth all squeeze? that? Yeah. And am I going to, mm. you know, is, yeah. Yeah. Because I think you did look at it as, as like a business case sure. and say, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need to set a, set aside this time. I don't think it could be done sort of on the fly. It needs to be. No, for sure. Okay. I'm going to spend a month just doing this. And I mean, you know, technically, then there's there's lots of platforms that you can use to deliver it, which would you know take the money and all that. Like um, the one I, the Fusion one I did, it uses um, something called Podia, um, P O D I A dot com, um, and they allow you to put your videos up and any sort of instructional content there as well, sure. and they'll handle you know the subscription for you and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, to treat it like any other business decision, I think that's that's the way I'd say you know, and and I mean. I, 
I've been approached to do a book, and I'm sure you guys have as well, to do books and things like that. But it, it is a case of, okay, well, I need <laughs> to you? stop everything. and this... Yeah, we've all been approached to do books. Yeah, I'm sure all of you have been, just like me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, you know, okay, I was approached to do a book, and it was a case of, if I'm going to do it, I will need to set aside two months where I do this and treat this as this is my job for, you know, that amount of time. Um, you know, it couldn't be something that I did on the side. So it, it is one of those things where treat it as 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 work and, you know, work out, you know, the hours that you're going to put aside for it and you go to work each day and you do it. Yeah. And, you know, the risk then is whether people buy it at the end. But, you know, you've got a big following. People respect what you do. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, figuring out pricing is a whole other thing too. Last thing, and this is what Tony would say. Tony would say is, that seems like an awful lot of work. And he says, can we, we're talking about doing, you know, we're doing, get our sweatshirts coming out and all this stuff. We're going pricing and something. Mm. He says, this is an awful lot of work. You could, you could make all this money to sell two more knives instead. And he mm. would, he would refocus me and say, or you could just, you could make the same amount of money and just make another couple more knives, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's gotta be something you want to do, but that's yeah. would be the refocus that he does for me, which is just like, I was like, you know, a couple of years ago, I said, we could do it. You know, maybe we should look into this YouTube channel. Da, 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 da. And he was just like, or you could just sell some more knives. And then you'd, if this is a money situation, sell a couple more knives. We all need Tony as a service. Oh, that's on the, where we can just on ring the up Tony, pay him by the hour for him just to say, no, don't do it. On the overseason <laughs> podcast. Another podcast on the Make Good Channel. It is. But yes. uh, yeah, it's sometimes yeah. that's what a good business partner would say is just like, this is sounds like an awful lot of work where you just sell a few more knives. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, even that advice right there <laughs> re reframes everything. Oh, yeah. 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 You do, <laughs> In such you a spend, way that it's like, huh, yeah. You spend, so, huh? Two, you spend two weeks on a YouTube video, and then you get, like, you know, let's just say you get your sponsors behind you, and then instead you just make a knife instead, and that's, like, twice as much, five times as much more money. It's just, like, all of a sudden you're just yeah. like, what's the stopper with the fucking glasses? And you're not beholden to anybody yeah. else. You're the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Just some of those yeah. ones that you already have lying around and stick yeah. them up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you're quite right. Right. Let's look down the list of questions. Let's just take one each um, and we'll go from there. Um, do, 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 do. I'll take um, Paul Mile Francois. Um, hey, man, can I ask you a question? What's your favorite way of cutting stock? Bandsaw, chop saw, or karate kick? Yeah, answered this question already. <laughs> Did we God really? Damn it. I did a bad oh, job okay. at these questions. I thought I'd gotten yeah. that one. Sack the editor. Mother of God. Uh, did, did, did. I got one here from Ryan Chris. Okay. He says, okay. I have a customer that wants a Granton Edge, wants the Granton Edge dimples on the side of his Santoku. Personally, I don't think they make much difference for a home cook, but they but they want them. I cannot find any tutorial tutorials that explain how to do them. I've looked can't find anything any suggestions would be helpful do you guys have any tips for that what the hell all right so grant and edges fingal makes grant and edges once in a he while does. on some of his amazing uh, uh, damascus knives i don't know how he does it. i asked him how he does it because once in a while tony so it's like it looks like a little scallop in the middle of the knife basically where a, an s grind would be but it's not the, it's not a hollow all the way through. It's just like these no. lumps. You see, like fucking Gordon Ramsay using them on these just bullshit videos mm. and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> and I wanted to know how you do it too. And I asked I asked uh, Bingle, and he actually like, 
clenches his asshole and gets up into a grinder and fucking bumps him on the grinder and then uh, cleans him out with a grinder. Oh, wow. Oh, I know what I've, I've just Googled mm. them. I know what you mean. They're almost like. That's horseshit. Yeah, it's horseshit. But they're not serrations. Guys, guys comes yeah. into our DMs, sends a message to Tony saying, I want, I want your, I want this knife, but I want it to have a Grant and Edge. And Tony says, Can you do a Grant and Edge? I'm like, I don't do it. If you see what I do and you know what I do, and then you ask me to do something else, you're being an asshole. I mean, it's like, <laughs> if you've never seen me do a Grant and Edge before, okay. But all of a sudden, well, how about this? Can you do this? No. Kiss this ass, and then I called it. They called Bengals. How do you do this? <laughs> um, so he's using an ankle grinder. No, he uses. I think. I think he's got like a, a bench grinder, and then he sure. just like knuckles up and bumps him. Yeah, that. And then he that probably hits gonna, him with a. Yeah. <clears throat> that was going to be my suggestion. It's the only thing I could think of is because, uh, and and they do make abrasive stone wheels, kind of the same you would see like on a surface grinder, the stone wheel surface grinders, um, but they make them in various thickness. I think you can get them all the way down to like eighth of an inch and up to like inch and a half wide, and everything in between, and and you can shape them, shape uh, the the uh, the stone. The stone. And I've actually mm. seen uh, serrations. Uh, yeah. Cut on these stone wheels as well. Um, Jimmy's got but, one of those. Jimmy Duresta has one of those. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, that was the only thing I could think to do is basically, yeah, yeah. set one up on a bench grinder and practice. <laughs> yeah. he, I don't think anybody does it better than Fingal. And he, Fingal does and a great he job. Adds, oh, he, 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 and when you add it into a piece of Damascus, it just oh, turns it into cool. something. I mean, that yeah. one, the ones he's done are just like, I mean, He'll wrap it up. I mean, hang it all up. It's I don't need to anywhere to go. Send him a Fingal. You know. Hmm. Do, do you mean Fergal? You're obsessed. You're obsessed. Fergal Fingerson. <laughs> you love you. Fergal Fergal yeah. Fingerson. Um. Yeah, but I, I I can't find another quote. I think we've done most of these ones. Um. But I, I I forgot to mention earlier. I think I've discovered the greatest hack in knife making this week. And I can't it, believe you guys it, haven't told me this thievery? before. Is it thievery? Because that's already been done. <laughs> Inspiration. I've been inspired by. Is that what the hack is? No, oh, okay. it is black G10. I'd never used it before. I've used G10 a few. I always use it as liners, but I'd never used it on the uh, exterior sort of scales. Mm. Um, I've used colored G10. I never really got on with it. I'd never like the finish. Um, but black G10, I, I just can't believe how quick it is to finish, how beautiful it feels. It's like the secret weapon. Black G10 rules. It's the secret. Nice From now on, I'm only doing black G10. Yeah. That's it. Black G10 is <laughs> just like, It's just so quick to work with and to get a lovely finish. One of the reasons why, was, too, is when you're, when you're drilling it, it doesn't like, you know, it doesn't like bump around and bruise on the outside to mm. make those white, you know, sometimes you'll get a yeah. white mark. Black G10 rules. I love black yeah. G10. Yeah. Yeah. I put a little bit of wax on it once I'd sort of finished hand sign and it's just it looks incredible. It. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the the big secret in knife making yeah. that I discovered this week. Black G ten. I like the big the secret balls. that when you're stealing something and you said you're inspired by. I think that might be the best hack. <laughs> <laughs> the best just verbal so hack. Yeah, it's like it. a it's yeah. like a legal loophole. <laughs> Heavily yeah, inspired by. Yeah. All right, okay. everybody, just relax. I'm making a joke. Have a little sense of humor, guys. Everyone's gonna be hammering me. I've said it too. Just everybody, calm down. A bunch of whining thieves, too. I might add. Jeez, take a joke. Uh, take a joke. Uh, 
I think that's a show. What do we're not going to do? What are you Could doing? What are you, how happy are you this week? Or what are you, what are you up to? You hey, want of to? course. Come yeah, on. Let's, let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Because I've got something, actually. Yeah. Purely selfish reasons. All Ready? the time. Jeff. What's the I'm getting fired up to be done grinding these serrated knives so I can start hand sanding them and then put in the serrations. I'm, I'm really getting, I'm really turned around in the, I think I'm rounding second on them all. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm fired up to do this cooking show with, with Charlie Palmer. That it, I'm, I'm having stuff fabricated. I'm working on, Tony and I are working on a recipe. Um, I'm really looking forward to doing Instagram Live on October 15th with Charlie Palmer. And there's going to be a lot of jokes. So either, either he's <laughs> going to be happy or I'm going to get a very vicious phone call. So it's one or the other. So we'll find out. I'm fired up about that. Are you building a complete set? I'm is not saying another be, word. You, you know, guessed you're... last week and it got me irritated that you tried to guess. So I'm not guessing anything. I'm not doing anything, okay. but it's okay. going to be, uh, things are being made. Things are being made. I'm excited. Oh. I'm a super excited. I'm nervous as fuck okay. too. You know, we only got a half an hour. So when's the October 15th? Yeah, October 15th, it'll be one o'clock Pacific standard time. And, um, mm. Charlie and Scotty will be there and, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to like, I got to straddle the line between, between being super pro and like not giving a shit. And so I'm working on, yeah. I got to be a little bit casual and I, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, hoops I got to jump through to make this thing right. So, so for those like Europeans like me who don't necessarily know that much about Charlie Palmer, what he, I know he's a big deal. To, well, what, what's Charlie his, Palmer what's is in, in considering American, uh, um, contemporary American cuisine. He has been, he is the, one of the godfathers. He was the, he was the, uh, uh, chef for Larry Forgione who started the river cafe in Brooklyn. He, uh, Charlie and um, David Burke and all these like classic American chefs like you know you talk about you know Thomas Keller and you talk about uh, you know uh, Alice Waters these are like the backbone of the farm to table and you know like the classic American chef Charlie is considered one of the you know one of the godfathers of, of classic American cuisine and he's a great guy, awesome guy I worked for him for years and we've had a lot of jokes he cooked at my wedding I, I'll, I'll post the pictures of that sometime that was pretty pretty awesome and you know he's just i know his cooks and tony and i came out of his kitchens and and um it was you know he's just he's very important to me and and but he's a funny guy he's a funny guy and uh but in terms of culinary tradition i mean he's he's you know hall of fame american chef yeah cool cool so what what's the challenge that's been set? well just make it's, a dish. it's a you making the he same does, dish? Well, or? it's not a challenge. It's like it's called two cooks, and he'll cook right. on his live feed, and I'll cook on my live feed, and it'll kind of be the same thing. So last week he had a an influencer, and they made caviar and scallops, and bullshit like that. I'm not doing it. The funniest part is if you watch what <laughs> the poor woman who had to do it. She's not a professional chef, professional cook at all. She was struggling. She was struggling, and the best part oh. was is you know Scotty's a fucking pro. Scotty is like he's basting scallops and everything looks perfect. Guy does it all the time for you know years, and this poor woman's trying to flip a scallop with her tongue. Her tongs aren't working, and you could tell she's a little nervous. And it was just like really funny. So I have to be super super cavalier, really. I got to be obnoxious and cavalier. So that's what I'm going for. Are we? Are you take? Are we taking bets on what you're going to be doing? Or I mean, we're not doing. If you want to take bets, go ahead. I mean, we only have half an hour, so like oh, I, I can't like 
so so the, what so they wanted do a rotisserie in front of the forge is what you're no, saying no, no. <laughs> but i trust me I, what i got is i'll have enough time to fuck around like i'm not going to be like you're not going to see me with my head down um being all nervous that i make time i'm going to be like there's going to be some gonna be some fucking around there's gonna be some ball okay. break it's gonna be great but there's not yet. Yeah, I'm not gonna be. At first, I also don't want it to be a million cuts because if you do with one of those live feeds where there's two different people, it looks like you're gonna have to mm. get carsick from you know all the camera yeah. angles and stuff like that. So I'm gonna keep it very like keep it clean. Nice, cool. Looking forward to it. Should be fun. Reco, what's the dream? Onward and upward on a new knife. Uh, my dream is to get this knife built and out the damn door as quickly as possible. Um, it's a pretty straightforward knife. It's a stand my style, um, integral, and that's about it. I think I think it's also getting a saya, but this saya is going to be a lot less complicated uh, to build. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the goal, yeah, is to get it out the door asap um actually the next few knives i'm working on have are they all want the same kind of pattern which is uh beneficial to me so um i'll make one bar of steel and hopefully get all what is it four three four knives out of them so laser up a full sheet exactly. of steel and you're done. <laughs> laser it up i don't know why i try <laughs> okay for the week um so my whole week is based around monday which is today if you're listening on monday um is the launch of these camp knives so i've got i've I've got to finish off the video this evening um 3 p.m tomorrow french time um it goes out to those on the uh the mailing list um i'm only making 50 so i'm hoping that these these sell well and that people are going to enjoy using them so i've got i I think there's about 130 odd now on the mailing list uh, specifically for this knife and only making 50 so i'm hoping they're gonna they're gonna sell so yeah that's my nice. week fingers crossed the launch goes well and um I, I can't wait for people to see the video actually um you joked last week about it being sort of burlesque and so on um this one is like super uh choppy and it's 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 cool it's got a really good soundtrack nice. to it it's looking forward cool. to it so that's that's my what, week what's the name of those um, camp knives yeah did you give them a name I didn't. They're just going to be called camp oh, knives. Um, I didn't want. Yeah, I didn't want to uh, blow the waters, uh, muddy the waters too much, um, because uh, I've got a, a, another knife the following week, which I'm launching, okay. and which is the the box opener. So yeah, keep them all descriptive, and it's it's easy then. Should call it that. That's the idea. Call it the outdoor hooligan, since they're all tatted up drunkards. Yeah. Knives. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I made that point the other day. Actually, I was looking at one. I was thinking, "Geez, my knives are grown up. They've got tattoos and they're drinking beer." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but they're they're pretty cool. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what people think oh, yeah. of them. They're cool. That's a show. That's over two hours of quality entertainment, all for free. You couldn't ask for better. Really couldn't. We shall speak to you all again next week. Bye for now. Bye. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.